Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day? Bring it, cheap dig! Here's one. I'm not dead. Yeah, he says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I feel happy. Uh, yeah, do you really feel happy today, St. Louis? Do you, do you feel really, really happy? I, I, I'm just not sure. I, I don't know how I feel, Randy. Well, I, uh, <laughs> meh. Yeah, it's, it's, pens! Uh, the number of the day. There we go. Rhymes with pen and pen. The number of the day is... Ten. ten! Hey, let's be happy. Ten, ten, ten. That's ten consecutive series. And at least it's a round number. It's a retired number by the Cardinals. Ten consecutive series. How many, how many series have they played this year? That would be ten, oh. Kerry. So, so in, in, in other words, every series opener of the year. Yeah, because the Cardinals did lose last night okay. by a 5-1 count. Good morning, everyone. It's great to have you with us. It's a happy day. Happy hump day on 101 ESPN and the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley, Gary Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, 701 Time Check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to our buddy Xavier Scruggs of ESPN and MLB Network. He's one of the best analysts around, and he is ordinarily a very positive guy, so we'll see if we can get him, we can get him to say something positive about the Cardinals. Um, we're also going to talk to our friend Steve Chapman from the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the Pronger Brothers are releasing a a whiskey and a podcast. It'll be interesting. Chris Pronger on a podcast. Holy cow. Oh, man. And then, That's uh, going to be yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, That's going to be and, great. And his brother, Sean. So, yeah, it'll be great. And then uh, 9.30, we're going to hear from Adam Wainwright, who's going to be back and pitching for the Cardinals before you know it. Uh, last night was not great down at the ballpark. Not at all. Not at all. I, I'm. I am. I was telling you earlier. I'm 42 years old, and this may be possibly the worst stretch of Cardinal baseball that I've witnessed mm-hmm. in my life. It's. It's. And it's not so much. I mean, the losses are one thing, obviously, but it's the effort. It's the first inning. You can't even get a clean first inning. You can't even get to the plate without being down. It's just. It's hard to watch, Randy Brooke. It, it, and I love. The St. Louis Cardinals. I will mm-hmm. watch them anytime, anywhere, and it is. It's this is a tough thing to watch when you know that they are not performing to the level that they are expected to perform. No, and to your point too. After Mats gave up that home run, I, it felt like the game was done. It Honestly, was it really did That's because yeah, yeah. It, you could just you could feel the guys too. And I and we were talking about this too before the show started. It's like what made it feel like it was done. Well, you look at the guys, and it just felt like they weren't taking competitive at-bats. It, you just didn't feel the energy, the comeback. Even though Steven Matz did 
somewhat settle in four yeah. scoreless frames after that maybe that would be something that kind of gives you some momentum and then nothing they just fall flat the broadcast on Bally took about two and a half hours. The game itself took about 16 seconds. These teams have hit the ball hard to begin the year. And there's Taylor Ward driving one toward deep left field. O'Neill's going to watch it go as that ball is gone. Taylor Ward strikes a three-run homer. And the Angels have put up a four spot here in the top of the first against Steven Matz. The frustrating thing for me is there are fans that ain't even in their seats yet. They're not even in their seats yet, and you're already – it's like you get to the ballpark, you go through all the parking, you go through security, and – you hear the ball go over the fence, and, and you sit down, and you're like, four to nothing. What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. I just got my peanuts and my beer. Like I, you, you haven't even got yourself into the game as a fan to become engaged, and you're already down by four runs. No, yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying is it just felt really deflating. And even Ali Marmol, he was asked about that last night when you have your starting pitching kind of set the table in that way to what you're saying, CD. Is it deflating for the hitters? And he admitted yeah, it can be. And you could definitely feel that last night because, as I mentioned, it just felt like they were not taking competitive at-bats. Even the guys looked like they just didn't feel as confident. And, of course, we're not physically in the dugout, but I don't know if you saw some of those shots of the dugout. It felt like a wake at a funeral Mm -hmm. at certain points. You still had a lot of game left, and you just didn't feel any sort of energy that made you think, yes, they're going to find a way to come back in this game. Marmol on being deflated in the first inning. I mean, we have a clubhouse full of competitors who are going to try like heck not to allow allow that to affect them. And uh, but yeah, when you're trying to set the tone and, and start something new, it's tough when you're immediately down for nothing. Uh, obviously, the guys are going to punch back as, as much as they can. And here's the reality, man: it, it's easy to be frustrated. We're all frustrated, but when you start going up and down, each guy on this roster, there's not there's not a guy that you can. It's not a lack of anything other than, I mean, baseball's tough right now. Um, guys are preparing well. They're taking their best shot, and it's not working out, so it's hard to get frustrated with them. Um, obviously, we want a different result, but that's where we're at. So, CD, Randy, and Rocchio, tell me if this is a winning recipe, okay? Mm-hmm. The Cardinals offense had just four hits and three walks and went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position last night. Hard to win that way. What do you think about that? I, when he said we were fighting back, I was like, "Where?" <laughs> that's what that's what I thought. Four hits, and and you gave up four runs in the first inning. Like I understand the notion that guys, nobody goes out there to try to lose. Everybody is trying their hardest. Yeah. But this isn't a try hard sport. Try hard is when you are a kid. That's when you try hard and you get the apples and you get the candy and your juice box after you play because everyone tried hard. Good job, guys. It doesn't matter whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. Those conversations stop at 12. They they stop then. And when you're being paid to play a game, trying hard is not good enough. You have to do your job. And right now, the St. Louis Cardinals are not doing their job well enough and it's it's infuriating for for fans to watch and I'm sure it's infuriating for them but it, it mean we're going to talk about it because this is what's taking place and this is what we're seeing we're just reporting what we're watching yeah. elsewhere in baseball last night the Rockies beat the Brewers by a score of three to two. Yay! So that means the Cardinals are now tied for the worst record in oh, the National League. No. That's great. I thought that was ten good because ten, we were not too far. Ten and twenty. Ten and twenty. Now I will tell you this: 
<laughs> it's yeah, funny Carrie says that because literally the Brewers are also not hitting the ball and the pitching staff is not doing well either. And we're going to catch them. Maybe the, the Cardinals could get to get the 50-year reunion of the 1973 team, which started off, and I vaguely remember this, they started off 5-20. and 20. And they actually wound up getting into first place in, in August before falling off a little bit. They finished 81 and 81. But uh, get the 1973 group together and have a heck have a Bud Bash night with the, the 1973 group. Uh, let's see who we could bring in. That, that was Mike Tyson, Ted Simmons, Hall of Famer. He's around the ball club a lot. Joe Torre is a Cardinal Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He'd come by. Come by. Uh, let's see. Uh, we never talk about him as a two-sport athlete. Who's that? Mike Tyson. Mike, oh, he oh was yeah, a he was heck a two of a fighter. He was a two point two sport athlete. He was. He, he, oh, he was he's a heck of a fighter. Randy. What? <laughs> I was like Mike Tyson. No, no, you could hit, yeah. <laughs> pitch. Yeah, you can hit. Yeah. yeah. So Jose Cruz, yeah, Marie Carbo. Uh, let's see who else did you have on that team? Your uh, your starting rotation was Rick Wise. I do remember Rick Wise vaguely. Reggie Cleveland, great name. Uh, Alan Foster. Reggie Cleveland, by the way, was uh, 14 and 10 with a 3.01. Uh, you had a guy named Bob Gibson there uh, with, who had a 2.77 ERA in 73. And then Tom Murphy. I don't know that the, the approximation of Bob Gibson exists in this rotation at the moment. Are we are we asking them to just come talk or play? Oh, no. Well, it's 50 years later. Yeah, same result. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> right? Uh, am I wrong? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Could they get four hits? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, your closer <sighs> for that squad was one Al Raboski, friend of the show. Oh, Matt Honey. Yeah, yeah. And then you had Orlando Pena. You had well, one of my favorite players as a kid because I liked. Did you guys like the athletes because of their names as a kid? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of Diego Segui. Just oh, like the name. It's a good name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple that I could think of too. I would have been yeah. a big fan of Bernie Carbo. Bernie Carbo. That's a yeah. fantastic It's yeah, it a fantastic. I, I want, I want yeah. that bobblehead. Do the Bud oh. Bash night. I want that bobblehead Guys, right now. the pitcher that pitched in the very first game I ever went to, Scipio Spinks yes. was on that team. Ooh. S-C-I-P-I-O-S-P-I-N-K-S. Scipio Spinks was uh, no he, he pitched on that team. No relation to the Spinks brothers of St. Louis. No, uh, he is from Chicago. No. Uh, he was, yeah, and he's, uh, let's see. Well, yeah, he's still kicking around. So, yeah, bring him back, too. Somebody got to do something. Uh, Last night in the NHL playoffs, Panthers over the Leafs. Matthew Kachuk is pretty good. 4-2 was the final. He's pretty good. It would have been nice to see him in a It would have been nice. Would have given up a lot for him. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the Kraken beat the Stars in OT. <laughs> the second year Kraken, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, the the final there was five to four. I got we got to see the Kraken and the and the uh, Golden Knights, don't we, in a playoff series? That would be nice. Those expansion teams, NBA playoffs. The Heat over the or the Knicks beat the Heat in Game One, one eleven to one hundred five. Jimmy Butler did not play for Miami. And then in the late game that I missed the end of, the Lakers by five over the Warriors. Carry one seventeen to one twelve. Monster night for a street close. He had a heck of a night. Now, if he's able to do it again, I would be surprised. Because mm-hmm. generally speaking, his body deteriorates as he plays games. So, you know, I think the, and they played a lot of minutes ye- uh, yesterday. They mm-hmm. were in the game. He played the entire second half. Did not come out. There was a wow. point I was telling Brooke. They were they inbounded the ball and uh, Schroeder just let the ball roll up so Anthony Davis could get a breather as he bent over in the backcourt trying to catch his breath before they went down to the offensive end. So. You're not worried. You don't seem worried nah. at all. Warriors in six. 
All right, and just to keep in mind, kids. They gas themselves after that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, it is hump day. It is Ask Uncle Randy day, so you can get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. And also remember, the number of the day rhymes with pen and pen. The number of the day is 10. 10 series in a row ten. with losing the opener. 10. Oh man! How and many? How, how I forgot how many game, How many series have they played? They played week? ten, Kerry. Okay, they I, played I, ten for some reason. That there is there there is something that the Cardinals are perfect at. They are perfect <laughs> at the, the first game of every series this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in a great yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. No. Mm. Hey, uh, and uh, Joel M- Joel Embiid won MVP over uh, Nikola Jokic. Oh, hey, Rock is uh, how you feeling this morning, big guy? I mean, three three awards are hard to carry. Oh, so oh. so so it's, it's a conspiracy now. <laughs> so like, no, what happened? Embiid was the best. Embiid oh, was okay. the best player in the NBA. It's just too hard to carry three of them. It's hard to carry three. He let him have Jokic one. Jokic was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the entire month of March off from playing defense. Yeah. yeah. I like okay. how you kind of admit it, but you still have to put a little <laughs> dig, a little oh, dig yeah, in there. Yeah, of course. You know what must it be like that if if that's the case? If like if you have to carry around six uh, Finals MVP trophies, could you imagine that CD? If you... I mean, you probably would go three and three in each arm. Uh, yeah, three and three the, in each, but not. But the, you go six and zero oh in the because you've you've won yeah, them all and you're the yeah. MVP. That's a lot of that's a lot of hardware to carry around at one time. You think he just carries it on a on his shoulder like a like a bag like Santa Claus, or maybe he has a wagon because he's got to carry all those championship trophies too. Yeah, it's a lot of those trophies that that come with that. Okay, yeah, I can see that. A big yeah. wagon behind him, just pulling it through. Uh, and then you got a rookie of the year <laughs> award on there. You got defensive the, MVP. Yeah, you got uh, multiple MVPs. You've got uh, All Star Game MVP. Defensive Player of the Year. Let's defensive Player of the Year. Pull yeah. down a little bit. Yeah, Rudy, Rudy's got three of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No MVPs of any league. Maybe maybe the CYC the, league. When he how was many kid. championship trophies is he lugging around? Uh, Settle zero. Okay. Settle. There we go. Uh, coming up next, it's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. On 101 ESPN. I've been around, you know. I have, and I have some uh, some history that I can impart to you, some wisdom, being an old sage such as I am, to impart to you. Brooke is here, Carrie is here, Matthew is here, and you are here with your texts. 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! All right, Matthew, let's hear it. Uncle Randy, why did the Cardinals just have a press conference for this patch and it wasn't about Mike Shannon or the team's performance? I'm confused. Well, you don't have to have a press conference when somebody dies, first of all. Uh, You don't have to have a press conference to talk about the team's performance unless you're making a move. And they do actually, they they had multiple press conferences yesterday. Ali Marmol had one before the game, actually two before the game, and one after the game about the team's performance. And when you have a great St. Louis-based company 
like Stiefel, that wants to invest in the community, invest in the ball club, that is a big deal. And this is a St. Louis thing. This is obviously for them a revenue generating thing. Every team in Major League Baseball is going to have a jersey patch and to have a willing partner like Stiefel. I think is notable for the Cardinals, and so I'm thankful that our friends at Stiefel have decided to adorn not only the jerseys of Cardinal players, but the helmets of Blues players, too, with Mm -hmm. their logo. That's a great St. Louis company that employs a lot of people, and I want them to do well. Yeah, I I personally didn't have a problem with it. I think some people think the timing of the announcement was bad. And look, it's not like on Monday they're like, you know what the fan base needs? (laughs) A patch announcement. This was something that definitely was planned out. I mean, probably at the beginning of this year. I mean, this is something that's been in the works for a while. I know that probably the timing isn't fun, but it's just, it is what it is. The patches, I don't have a problem with it. It's more money coming in, and I tweeted out yesterday, show me the money, right. or yeah. show hey the money. Show hey the money. Hey the money. I like that. I, I do that's think nice. that we need to, here, here, let me just put it in simple terms for you. If Bill DeWitt Third, the president of the franchise, not Bill DeWitt Jr., not the chairman, but if Bill DeWitt Third is doing the press conference, it's not going to be about the performance yeah. of the baseball team. Just look at it that way. Be smart. And, and it's not hard. Yeah. Yeah, four hours in advance, it, it was yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah, it was obvious this wasn't going to be any kind of windfall for the you know team performance or anything like that. Dear Uncle Randy, I'm getting married in Florida this fall. Most Congratulations. People, yes, of course. Good, good, Enjoy good that destination day. selection as well. My most people are staying in Verbos as we are getting married in Sarasota. My parents have two people in a Verbo who have yet to be invited to the wedding. And when it comes up that we should invite them, my fiance says absolutely not. But my parents are absolutely embarrassed that these two people are not getting invite. How should I handle this? Well, see, you're getting married. You can't have, <laughs> yeah, unless you told your parents, hey, I want your close friends to be at our wedding. Unless your parents were involved in the process of making out invitations and being part of the invitation process, this is your wedding. And just because somebody happens to be staying in the same house as them doesn't, in my opinion, give them entree to be invited to your wedding. If they're close friends of the family, different situation. But I would suggest that you're paying for it. It's it's your wedding. I would say that you should be in control of who the guests at your wedding are. Inevitably, somebody will not show up, and you probably already played, paid for their plate. Mm-hmm. So when that moment arises, then hey, you can come on. You you already mm-hmm. paid for the food that is going that is going to be right. served, and you're gonna have. I mean, if you you're here and you're going to Florida, you're gonna have somebody say, you know what, man, I I, I apologize, we just can't make it this weekend. And therefore, now your friends, your parents' friends, can come on and uh, and you can you can kind of please everyone. What's the date for this everyone. again? What, what is it? Uh, this is in the fall. Okay. Oh, it's in the fall. Ah, yeah. You, you're gonna have plenty of people not yeah, show up. Not, yeah. No, no disrespect. No offense to you. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> people hey, just. Everybody's afraid of a hurricane, Carrie. <laughs> is it? And also, if it's is it the parents' friends or is it even somebody that you find significant in your life? Because I guess probably that's probably the parents' friends. I, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the line somewhat has to be drawn. Well, I guess it depends on who's paying for the wedding, too. Yeah. But at, at the same time, you have to draw the line. Because my mom, <laughs> when, when I got engaged, came up with a long list. And I'm like, Mom, I don't even know who these yeah, people that's are. The thing. That's what like, I'm thinking this is. Yeah. Now, let me just, just toss this out there, though. Um, 
maybe mom, mom and dad are saying, hey, these people have stayed in our Verbo for like two months now. <laughs> they, uh, we don't know them. We don't know them. But can they come to the wedding just because they don't have anything better to do? And then they are paying us rent on the, with the Verbo. I mean, are you paying for the wedding because you want to do a nice thing? Or are you paying for the wedding because you want to control it? Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Right. I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm yeah. just asking the questions. So uh, I'm, I'm on, uh, I'm on parent, TV. He I'm, says, yeah. parents, longtime friends, the fiance has never met them. Okay, well, the the fiance probably has never met your grandparents either. I would hope so. So yeah, I would yeah, hope I so too. I would hope yeah, I would live in a different state and stuff like that. Bro, you never know. I, I would okay, hope you if, met if the grandparents. If, if they're long time, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me look at it this way: if you are parents are different than grandparents, it, it, but if you, if you know them and they're Im- obviously they're important to your parents, if if you know them and they're longtime family family friends, then I think that changes the dynamic a little bit. Yeah, and I said I, if some people are gonna. You know, no show or, or call last right. minute, and you'll have if you already paid for the plates. Yeah, not not an issue. That's why I think and small your fiance won't even know. Yeah, small she's weddings are good she's because not know who's there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you think she's going to be taking attendance? That's a good point. That's a great point. That's a strong point. All right, what do we got? Dear Uncle Randy, is it bad that I'm kind of liking the Cardinals' struggles? Tickets are cheaper on the secondary market. No, that's not a bad thing at all. If you're still a fan and you enjoy competition, that's not a bad thing at all. I, competition I, I think is, the, a, is an interesting word you use there. Well, the reason that I love this business and that I'll always have a passion for this business is because I love being around competition. Mm. And even though the Cardinals have not been uber competitive, I know that at some point they're going to be, and I just uh, I like being at games. It's uh, and watching games. I I really enjoy it. I watch. I li- I enjoy watching as well. I I enjoy it more. The experience is greater when you leave after a win mm-hmm. than it, when you leave after a loss. But Carrie, I will say this: there were a select few people that stayed with the greatest show on turf through. Mm-hmm. 95, 96, 97, 98. And the reward when a team does turn things around is extraordinary. Uh, Uncle Randy, will Will Zuniga's talent get squandered going forward in losing situations, or could he be auditioning for a trade? Oh, I would think that he's probably auditioning for a high leverage spot in the in the bullpen. I don't think that... Uh, and he looked good last night. I don't think that he's somebody that they're thinking right now of... Uh, how much market value does he have? So uh, I don't think that they're thinking about trading him right now. I think they probably want to have him be part of the team. And by the way, notable and interesting that they sent uh, Zach Thompson down to stretch yes. him out to be a starter. For the 2024 20, season. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the yep. that's the part that needs right. to be but, a bright headline yeah. for the 2024 did, season. Did, did people read into that too much, Randy? Or is that something you're losing to, Jordan Montgomery. Is that something that kind you're of... You have a left-hander. You're not going to have Wayno. Libertor takes that spot. You're not going to have Montgomery. Ta- uh, Thompson takes that spot. Why aren't you, right? you going to have Montgomery? He's a free agent. Why, why wouldn't you sign him? You have Zach Thompson. What? <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Don't you feel better about that, Rocky? No, I don't. <laughs> I feel worse. Well, you, you, know, you know Michaelis is going to be here, right? And, and okay. you know that uh, Matsy's going to be here. I'll react differently to the Michaelis thing in June or July, depending okay. on how things go. So, Flaherty, do you... No, he's gone. You you keep in you got an option, Flaherty or or Montgomery, and you can only keep one. Right now. I would say that Jordan Montgomery has been more reliable 
in his Cardinal career than, uh, oh, and that's since last July, mm-hmm. than Jack Flaherty is. Pitch, pitch per dollar. I think you're, mm-hmm. the value is going to be a lot yeah. better on Montgomery. I'm, I'm signing him first. Dion Guarani, I was lucky enough to score some Morgan Wallen concert tickets to an all-inclusive area at Bush. Man, you're a lucky man. How do you say Morgan Wallen? Morgan Wa- uh, uh, Whalen? I don't know if I can say Wallen? that. Can you say that? Yeah, just the country? name? Morgan Wallen. Mo- Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen. Is he a country guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's from Tennessee. Is that the one oh, that didn't show up to the uh, concert? Yeah. He's got a couple a, uh, stories about him. I saw a, uh, a post where the person put <laughs> all of the <laughs> items. My husband never goes to yeah. concerts with me, and I finally got him out here. It was, it was okay. pretty so, hilarious. Uh, what do we have? What's our question here? Uh, talk to some of our friends about going, and one of our friends got back to us that they're interested in going, but they want to bring their 13-year-old daughter instead of their, her husband. That's not the crowd we're looking for for this concert. How do we back out of this invite? Oh. Hmm. Uh, oh. I would say that you're going to uh, th- say this is a, a couple's adults event. Yeah. That's, all. It's a, that's not a bad thing. And maybe it, just like embellish. Yeah. We, yeah we, saying that everybody gets like really hammered. Yep. Yep. Wallen kisses not- everybody and <laughs> doesn't look at ages or anything like that. Oh, oh yeah. No. Who, <laughs> what, who was that that brought like a young girl? Was that R. Kelly? Oh, jeez. Oh, Possibly. Okay, new, uh, <laughs> probably not a good thing to bring up that name, yeah, huh? Yeah, probably not. Uh, Oopsies. Let's get, a, let's get a positive one. Okay. Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Can we Sorry. Get, I don't know. Hit, hit, hit a... Hit a Hit uh, Pacino for me again really quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been around, you know. Okay, you uh, thank you very much. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, I have a two-year-old that doesn't understand why the Cardinals keep losing. What's the best way to explain it to him? The the best way to explain it to him is that only one team can win every night. And the Cardinals, unfortunately, just aren't good enough to win every night. Point out that for 100 years, what your two-year-old is dealing with is what every single Cub fan dealt with for, for more than 100 years. Kick the Cubs. And when all else fails. Kick the Cubs. Kick the Cubs. Yeah. yeah. And then a, point out to that two-year-old that if history holds, and we have no reason to believe that it won't, by the time that baby turns 25, that baby will have its own world championship. Because since 1901, every Cardinal fan that has been born and turned 25 years old had a world championship to call their own. So uh, just uh, play the history game. Your, your, your youngster's going to be fine. And you know what? It's what we need to do in this country. We need to build up some toughness. We, we, we need to have some scars. And that oh. baby needs some scars. That baby needs a 55-win season. <laughs> well, I don't know if you should say baby needs some scars. Oh, okay. I mean, Randy. I mean, baseball emotional scars from, from the, having a... Have, I mean, having to... Uh, think of all the... You two, build up some scar tissue, Randy. You, scar you, tissue. You, you there you go. Little, you get a little stronger yeah. in, the, in the long run. Right, right. Yeah. So that you can handle the tough times. Yep. We're talking about mentally, just yeah. for clarification. Well, as a Cardinal fan. As okay. a Cardinal fan. Yeah. I mean, scar think, tissue. Th- yeah. Think about... Okay. I'll do respect to our Royals fans, friends. All 12 of you. Um, <laughs> you say all think, due respect. And well, say all 12 of you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Think of from 1985 until 2014, they were bad the whole time. And then they finally got rewarded. There you go. And so, yeah, just uh, point out to the baby that the fandom and the allegiance will be rewarded. It always gets rewarded. All right. Our friend uh, Xavier Scruggs joins us to talk Cardinals next on 101 ESPN. 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and joining us now on the opening drive on 101 ESPN is our friend, former Cardinal Xavier Scruggs. You can see him on MLB Network and on ESPN. Uh, you are, sir, first of all, good morning. Uh, the word that I would use is ubiquitous, and it's great. It's great to see the level of success that you're having and that uh, Xavier Scruggs gets to talk baseball to the masses. <laughs> I, I love it. But first and foremost, Randy, I got to say congratulations on 40th year anniversary in radio. Amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. And I just think about me just getting started on this media side and to look up to guys like you and, and to people in the industry who have done it for such a great amount of time with such professionalism. I'm lucky to have those types of people in my life. We appreciate that very much. I personally appreciate that very much. All right, your former club is 10-20. and 20. Xavier, who would have ever thought this? The Cardinals are tied for the worst record in the National League. What are you thinking? Man, I'm, I'm just as frustrated and disappointed as everybody else, man. Like, what is going on right now? Just because we're so used to this team starting on the right foot, at least having some defined roles in the offense, um, defined roles in the bullpen, but we just – we're not seeing that right now because the team has not got off to the right foot. And, and it's been all aspects of the game, right? We're so used to this team playing really good defense. Um, the, the mishaps on defense are, are really like, man, it, it's, it's not something that you normally see at this time. And, and with the Cardinal way, quote-unquote Cardinal way, they're so used to doing the little things the right way. Um, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm not, I'm not going to panic because I understand how good this team can be. But I'm extremely concerned, uh, mostly because the offense is not going and the pitching is not going at the same time. Usually you have one going a little bit, but we haven't had either one going really at the same time. 
you hit on all topics, pitching, fielding, hitting. The lineup seems to be in shambles. And there was a young man who was hitting, maybe not with the power that they wanted, but he was hitting and getting on base, and that was Jordan Walker. What were your thoughts of him being sent down? Oh, man. This, this I was about to just run outside and just start screaming when I see Jordan Walker get sent down. And, and, and I understand the, the reasoning behind it. They talked about, Mosaic talked about, um, and Lomo had talked about, you know, trying to get some of the other outfielders and, and see what they have. Because obviously Walker is going to be there for the long run, right? I would expect him to sign a long-term deal at some point soon. Um, it's the other ones that you're trying to figure out who's going to step up and perform. Now, the one thing I'm disappointed about is it seems like the Cardinals, Cardinals were unprepared for not any of these guys to really step up to the occasion. And then you still have Nolan Gorman, who's played pretty well from an offensive standpoint. He's occupied the DH spot. So none of those other guys can really get that DH spot. So if for me, it was a, a situation where the Cardinals seemed unprepared. Um, it, it goes to the offseason to me, too, in which I wish they signed a veteran outfielder just in case something like this happened. Um, but now you're seeing the repercussions of it. Well, and that kind of falls into what I was going to ask you about. This outfield, it seems like they're just waiting for these these guys to kind of break through, for somebody to step up. Do you think that a lot of the Cardinals kind of breaking out of this funk hinges on the outfield finding some sort of identity? Or is there something else that you think needs to happen first to kind of break out of this funk that they're in? I think you hit on the perfect word, uh, identity. Uh, and, I, and I honestly don't just think it has to do with the outfield. I think it's this whole team. Like, you lose an Albert Pujols, who is such a huge character, a huge personality in the clubhouse. Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright hasn't been there to contribute because of his injury. I think that has a lot to do with this team in general. Now, specifically speaking about the outfield, I think you have young players still trying to search for who they are, right? Still trying to learn their swings. I think specifically Dylan Carlson, uh, Lars Newtbar as well, uh, Tyler O'Neill. We've seen the flashes of greatness. But it's now it's like, how can we get back to that? So I think you have a mixture of young players still trying to figure out how to develop at the big league level while the expectations are extremely high because none of them has really done what they've needed to do to be productive. Um, and, and to me, that ultimately hurts a guy like Jordan Walker because he doesn't get the at-bats he needs at the major league level right now. Xavier Scruggs, MLB Network and ESPN with us on 101 ESPN. Okay, Xavier, so we've established that the veteran guys on the Cardinals aren't playing up to the level on the backs of their jerseys. And you talked about the deficiencies that they've had defensively. And you watch the games, it's glaring. And even some of the plays that aren't errors, that are just defensive miscues that give the team another out. Who does that ultimately fall on? Yeah, that, that falls on – it ultimately falls on the, the, the coaches and the players. Like, I, I can't single out one specific because having played this game, I understand when, when times are like this, it's almost like everything kind of snowballs and, and your focus is lost a little bit on the little things. And, and as a player, you have to lock back in. There's no excuse. You understand every team's going to be gunning for you. But the same thing goes for, for Marble, right? He's got to be the guy that kind of gets everybody back to doing the little things and back to the focus and back to progression, right? We can't think about, okay, we're 10 games back or whatever. We, we got to think, how can we start winning every single inning? How can we start winning every single at-bat? And that starts with the little things defensively. That starts with an offensive approach that gets better with two strikes. 
Um, and, and another thing too, like it, it becomes hard to play good defense when you're not getting any length out of your starting staff. So if those guys are not giving you any anywhere near five to six innings and giving you some type of energy to feed off of, it becomes stale out there. And we're starting to see that. Uh, and we've been seeing that already on the defensive side. Xavier, Xavier, you've played this game at the highest level. You've been around superstar athletes. Uh, The thing that I'm seeing right now is in order to be a good team, your superstars have to be superstars. And right now, Nolan Arenado is struggling. What do you think about his play? And and do you think that there's an injury there or something plaguing him that he's just not speaking about? Yeah, I don't know if there's necessarily an injury um, just because, you know, I can't really speak on that. But what I will say is, you know, this is – a player that we're watching, you know, not play up to his caliber of play. That uh, he honestly was my pick for MVP on the National League side to begin the season, um, and, and we just haven't seen him have yet. That's we're used to seeing him have. I think he's in the lower percentage of exit below, which we're used to seeing him hit the ball so hard all the time. Uh, and, and to your point, I think it's important to have those guys going, right? You look at uh, Arenado and Goldie got to be going at the same time. That elevates everybody else's game. And a lot of times as a player, I, I remember looking sometimes when you see the superstar struggle a little bit, it's like everybody's kind of waiting for that person to pick it up before everybody else gets going. Um, so so I think it is an expectation thing, right? Once Arenado starts to get going, I think you see guys start having some better at-bats. But, but honestly, we've got to get – We've got to get everybody just more of a, a, a balanced approach at the plate and, and fighting early in the game. Like, that's what we saw the Angels do yesterday. They, they had some good at-bats in that first inning, took advantage of some Steven Matt's mistakes. That's what we haven't seen the Cardinals do early in the game. And I think there's a, also a lackadaisical energy early in the game when they should be putting the pressure on the other team. What do you make of the starting pitching right now, too? We will see Adam Wainwright make his season debut, which will be great, later on this week. What do you think about the starting rotation? Do you wish that they would have gotten a veteran you know, pitcher to add to that, or how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, you can never have enough pitching, right? That's the one thing that you can always have plenty of or more of. Um, I'm glad that Wayno will be back uh, starting, I believe, on the 6th, but that's not the answer to all their problems, right? You still have to have guys that give you more length, right? And, and that has to be Max. That has to be Michaelis. That has to be Flaherty. Those guys can't be as inconsistent as we've seen them so far. I understand you, you go out there and have some rough outings, but you still got to be able to battle through, through a game. And I think that's going to be indicative of what we see moving forward. If they're able to give them some length, then you talk about the offense getting a chance to get better as well. Everything coincides with one another, offense and defense. Same thing with base running, all that stuff. So um, you want to see more of that. And to your point, too, I, like I would love to see these guys go out and get a dominant guy in the offseason, but they, they didn't do that. So you have to count on maybe a Jack Flaherty to get back to that old 2019, 2018 type that we've seen him in the past. Now, we saw a glimpse when he faced the Mariners. That was that was nasty. So you're hoping to get that more consistently as he finds himself this season. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, too, is could it be deflating for the hitters when you kind of have that inconsistent starting pitching? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's, it's tough, but it goes both ways, too. Like the starting pitching, if they're not getting runs early, it's hard for them to settle in and, and attack the strike zone, right? It's hard for them to be able to say, okay, let me throw my best stuff up there and not worried about, not be worried about the, the solo home run. 
And right now you can feel it as if everybody's worried about, okay, they're going to get the, the, the other team's going to get the first run and then we kind of go on a hole. That, that's, that can't be how it is. Um, and ultimately you have to have guys in that rotation that, that come out and give you some zeros early. And that, that allows the offense to get to work as well. You can tell just by hearing his voice that Xavier Scruggs is a big-time, fully invested baseball fan. Xavier, tonight, 645 Bush Stadium, we get to watch Shohei Otani pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this, too. I'm like, man, they've been struggling, and now they get Shohei Otani. Um I think this is where we find out about, you know, kind of the offensive approach, right? You understand you're going to get the split finger. You're going to get some nasty sliders. What can the Cardinals do to take advantage of some mistakes and, and not try to press, right? Understand you're not going to score seven seven runs off Otani in the first couple of innings. But how can you scratch across a couple of runs? How can you play uh, uh, quality baseball when it comes to having some quality at bats? Um and I think you'll see how much fight they have in them, right? You don't want to get embarrassed by somebody like Otani, who so often does it to other teams. You've got to swing and miss, but try to get yourself in good counts and see what you can do. Either way, it's going to be fun to watch. When you see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout going up against Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, like that, this is as fun as it gets. So I hope they enjoy the opportunity. Yeah, it, and it is. The opportunity is a great term because – we are witnessing history. It's something that we've obviously never seen before, and we will not see this again. No, absolutely not. Uh, I, I saw some of the pregame stuff with Lars Newtbar and Shohei Otani kind of greeting each other, obviously playing with each other in the WBC. So it's special. Uh, and then special for, for Bush, right? The Bush Stadium to get to witness Shohei Otani on the mound. Um, this is what I love about the balanced schedule now, right? You can start to see guys like Shohei and Trout go to these different areas in which they may not normally get to visit, and everybody gets a little glimpse, and everybody gets to see him at least once. So excited for that and, and all of Cardinals Nation. Xavier Scruggs, thank you very much for the kind words. Thanks for taking the time with us this morning. We really appreciate it. Uh, love your work, as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you guys. I just want to send out my condolences to the uh, Shannon family. Obviously, a huge personality, an amazing voice that uh, that we lost recently. So, just want to shoot that out there too. Yeah, thank you very much. That's well said. That's Xavier Scruggs, former Cardinal, now of MLB Network and of ESPN, and he is completely invested and knows everything that's going on. I mean, he he nailed every question and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the Cardinals can come back, but it's what it comes down to is, Kerry, you asked the question. they got to play to the level of the names on the back of the jerseys. Your superstars have to be superstars. Yeah. If your guys that are MVP caliber players don't play to the to the MVP caliber of their play, you won't have success. No. It's just, it's it's that's generally how teams are built and who they're built around. And if your guys aren't performing at the highest level, you're going to struggle. And they are right now. I also like what he said, too, about watching their approach, because that's something that we've seen as well, too. You want to see them take more aggressive at-bats, have a more aggressive game plan, I guess is another way to put it, too. But he also said for a quality game, quality at-bats. Mm-hmm. You would like to see that because Shohei Otani Shohei Otani. But what can you do as kind of like a tactician in the game against him? 
Carrie watches a lot of Little League games. And sometimes, many times, most times, when a Little League hitter gets frustrated, he'll just go up there, swing three times, and it's like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> and I'm seeing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, when you're 12 and under, that, that's acceptable. <laughs> it is. <laughs> not when, when you're in the big leagues at 28 no, or whatever. No, it's not. It's not okay. <laughs> Take it or leave it coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. The text line is open, 314-399-9646. That would be if you're using the letters on the keypad on your phone, 314-399-YO-HO. All right, kids, we get a lot of texts. We all think it. Take it or leave it with the Cardinals' diminishing fundamentals and the fact that they have the worst record in the National League. I'll ask again, take it or leave it. The Cardinal front office wonders if it's the manager. Leave it. They know who it is. You, you, you've made this point time and time again that the front office mm-hmm. makes the decision. Mm-hmm. So if if it's not going well, who are you blaming? Somebody else. Uh, okay. There's always a there's always a fall guy, right? <laughs> Got to get you a fall guy. Yeah. There has to be one. Yeah. So do take you think- it or leave it. It's just it's gonna especially if it continues in this way, which would be absolutely terrible. There's gonna have to be some move that's made. I think it would be like a it'll be a while, but say that it just stays this way. How long of a leash would you say that they would give? I don't all? know because it's they are their mo in the past has been to change the coaching staff, but these are all homegrown guys that are the Cardinal Way guys. Stubby Clap and so was Pop Mike Schill. He went if, entirely right, through their yep, system. But Mike Schill had philosophical differences. Oh. So here's the here's the thing: when you are are hiring or firing people, if you hire someone and then have to fire them, you know, a year and a half mm-hmm. in. That speaks to you and your inability to hire the correct people. It's not correct. It's not that person's fault necessarily if, if they aren't performing well. If you hired them and thought that they were going to do a good job, then as management, you have to look within and say, hey, we have to do better ourselves yeah. in, in hiring people if you don't think that this is the right person. Um, so we talked earlier about Sean Pronger and Chris Pronger coming out with a podcast. You got the Kelsey brothers with a podcast. Take it or leave it. The next podcast you want to hear from a set of brothers is the Sutter brothers. Oh yeah, I'll take it. No, it's yeah, like six of them. Yeah, like, there's yeah. How many stories do they have? Oh man, a million. I, <laughs> I just want to hear about them growing up. Like how many fights? Yeah, fist fights, oh. physical fist fights in that house with six brothers that played professional sports. Like yeah. I just knock down, drag. I, I want to hear from their parents. Actually, I would love oh, to yeah, hear. Yeah. That's who they interview. <laughs> it's like, have you listened to the Kelsey Brothers podcast? Yeah, it's yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It's so because they are they seem so different, but uh-huh. then when you see them together, you're like, okay, yeah, these are these are brothers. <laughs> but it's so interesting just Thing to is, see how they work. Prongs is very fun and funny. The Kelsey Brothers clearly are. I don't know about Sean Pronger, but I have to believe, being Chris's brother, that he's fun and funny. There is nothing fun and funny about the Sutter Brothers. They are intense. They are competitive. They are serious. I always tell this story. Back in the day, the Blues and Blackhawks used to play 
right before Christmas and right after Christmas, like home and home. Mm-hmm. And one time the Hawks were here. Brian is coaching the Blues, and the Blackhawks have their morning skate. Daryl Sutter, who just got fired by the Flames, is playing for the Blackhawks at the time. Wrapping up practice, Brian Sutter is coming out. He's on the Blues bench, and Daryl says, "Hey, Merry Christmas, Brian." And Brian says, <laughs> "Blank you, Daryl." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll turn into more of like a psychological uh, study of yeah. you know their intensity and the. Interesting. The parenting I style. During the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take it or leave it, guys, because I keep seeing this text come in because we've talked about a lot this week that your superstars do have to be superstars. And we're looking specifically at Nolan Arenado and his recent struggles. Take it or leave it. With a big paycheck comes big responsibility. So, yes, your supporting cast needs to help, but everybody's going to look to the stars of the show Always. because you're getting the big paycheck at the end of the day. And you Take earned it. it. Yeah. Take it. It doesn't matter what sport it is. You, when you are a superstar, that's your job. Yep. That's what is expected of you, not only by the fans, by your coaches, but also by your teammates. We expect you to be a superstar because we've seen it. We've watched it. We know what you have and what you're capable of. And if you're not at that level or or getting to that level, we, <laughs> the hell are we going to do? It's yeah. understood. Matthew, what do we got? Take it or leave it. Marmol's analytics-based management style is what is hurting the Cardinals team the most. I don't think it's Marmol. I don't either. I don't either. And I, I will say, though, that an analytics-based managerial style is probably not conducive to having consistent championship pedigree. Now, there are outliers because mm-hmm. the Dodgers do an unbelievable job of developing talent and specifically developing pitching and getting good Poor pitching elsewhere to be great. But the Cardinals don't have that many good players. And, Kerry, you said it for a long time. The Cardinals are actually kicking around the idea now of getting a lineup out there that plays every day. But there's yeah, the, the, the numbers are, are are a great tool. The, the thing is, use the numbers as a tool. Don't let the numbers guide you. Yes. They're men, not machines. Take it or leave it. We can put it in pen. Eagles... 49ers, NFC Championship game. Leave it. Uh, leave it. Who's throwing the ball for the 49ers? Brock Purdy. Okay. Trey Lance. Hey, he did okay. really good on the S2 test. Okay. Hmm? Not Josh Johnson? It's a good point about the test. Yeah. I, when I looked up the test scores <laughs> yesterday when we were talking about Stroud, who got an 18% of a possible 100%, Brock Purdy got like in the 90s. See, Brock so Purdy. So you see, That's he'll cool. be fine. Is he going to throw left-handed? Because that, that right elbow doesn't. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. You know, like he he never, I don't think he, he had surgery. surgery. No, they told him he didn't need it. Yeah. So let me know how that works out. I hope that the Cowboys year doesn't run. No, the Cowboys aren't going to. No. They aren't doing it. No. Hey, uh, they're the Cowboys. Why would they? Giants. They are, that's a cursed franchise. Who Cowboys? Yeah. Thank goodness. Jimmy Johnson. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he. Call. I think yeah. when he left, he, he they they had residual effect to mm-hmm. to get one more with Barry Switzer. But when they fired, when they got rid of him. Okay, here you go. The good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it. The Cardinals should trade Arenado for an ace and then let Gorman or Walker play third. What? Leave it. Yeah, I think I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave that. Nah, I won't. I, five months of these trades. He's he's, he's <laughs> struggling, but we're not crazy here. Come he's, on, Kerry. Those 32 games. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not going to go crazy. Here. 30. They, they only have 132 left. You got a few. I sent you. I, I sent a guy text to you guys last night, and. Uh, Tommy Lasorda, when his team would get behind, would always say, hey, just pick up a game a week. If the Cardinals pick up a game a week for the rest of the season, they'll win the division by 12 games. 
That's a plan. That's that's what I'm thinking. Pick up a game a week. I didn't say it was a good plan, bad plan. I just said it's a plan. There There are five months to go. You got May. You got June. You got July. You got August. You got September. You got five whole months. Long, long time. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't know if Art, Nolan Arnauto should be saying, I don't know why people are so upset, but yeah. It, uh, yeah, we should get time. into that quote next because yeah. that, was a, that was a fun one. We'll do that. Uh, we'll talk about the Cardinals averaging 2.7 runs in their 20 losses as well. 2.7 next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. It's obviously frustrating. Um... But we're not going to let it be a distraction. What's going on right now? We're going to stay uh, true to what we believe our process is and what it, what works. Um, yeah, today was was obviously frustrating. You, you go into a game after a day off and you want to get after it, and we weren't unable to do that. But we're going to keep going. 8.07 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. That's the Cardinal skipper, Ali Marmal. And I would suggest that if the Cardinals are going to stay true to the process and what works, losing twice as much as you're winning is not working. So maybe they do need to change up something because you're 10 and 20 and you have the the worst record in the league. Now, yesterday, John Denton had this quote from Nolan Arenado. We've got five months left. Sometimes it feels like life or death out here because of the expectations always being so high, but there's so much season left. It's hard to comprehend why people are reacting the way they're reacting, but I get it. And yes, the Cardinals do have outsized expectations. They expect to win every single year. It's just thing. See, it feels to me like this is getting away at 10 and 20 and in last place in the league. Well, and especially if you we keep talking about last night's game in particular, it just seems like even when there is a chance where they could come back, it doesn't feel like they're being competitive. You're looking for quality at bats. It doesn't seem like that. It seems like some guys are even half swinging. So was that, game that over five, four batters in last night. Was, what did you guys think that game was over four batters in after the home run? Yes, I did too. Yes. Oh, sorry, Brooke. I yeah. No, no, you're right. I mean, it, it really did feel like the, that way. After that home run happened with Steven Matz, it just felt like, okay, we're probably going to see a lot of the same where this game's pretty much done. It was decided in the first inning and nothing really showed me otherwise offensively because what? It took until the fifth inning for them to get a hit, which I guess kind of props to Tyler O'Neill for breaking up the no-no. Should we give him claps for that? I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. They Let's did. go, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's what I'm saying. That was you had a chance to respond offensively after Steven Matz did sell in. You didn't like what he did in that first inning, but he gave you a chance to at least come back in this game. And what was the offense response? Nothing, Nothing. until the fifth inning, and then that was it. One run. For me, I, I listening to that 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 quote and that that you know what what Nolan said. Nolan Arenado said it, it is frustrating and and. Fans should be frustrated. You're 10 games back. You're 10 games under 500. You have no, not you specifically, but this team has no life at the plate. They have no life on the mound, on the on the field. They are struggling in every aspect 
of the game right now and they're taking turns and it's not intentional like I, I i want that to be clear it's not like they are going out there and saying hey guys we're gonna stink it up today but they're not performing well enough to have success and if if you're watching the game you have no reason to believe that they will at any point perform well enough to have success and i think that's the frustration that cardinal fans are seeing if you to your point brooke if if matt goes out and gives up that four runs and then in the second and third inning you put up a couple of runs you get four hits you get five hits and you see guys working and and attempting and putting themselves in a position to get back into the game then you would have more excitement but when you say are we going to get shut no hit for five innings and then we're going to finally get a hit and we are going to eke across a run with a, a, a fielder's choice. We're not even going to get the ball out of the infield to get that run. That is not something that would give Cardinal fans or anybody watching baseball excitement or thrill for this team going forward. No, it really doesn't. And that's why, of course, I, there's not video to show what Nolan Arenado looked like when he was saying this, because it could be taken many different ways, right? Where it's like he's saying this is early on. Look, we know how talented the group is in this clubhouse. We know we can pull this through. But it does seem a little bit tone deaf to say, I don't understand why people are reacting this way. Because here's the thing. The games that we're watching are not fun to watch. I think just about everybody could say that. They don't look like they're having fun, so I'm sure they feel it as well. The Cardinals offense had just four hits last night. 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. They've now scored four runs in their last three games. Tell me that that doesn't seem like unexciting, unenthusiastic baseball that gives you any indication that this team will find a way to turn it around because we know how talented this lineup is. We know how capable Nolan Arnauto is. We know how capable Paul Goldschmidt is. And even, what was it, like two weeks ago, Paul Goldschmidt said, you know, you you basically are what your record is. Like, it's going to show what this team really is. The record right now is not good. And it's really disappointing to not see, it feels like, any life within this team. For me, it's about the the men in that clubhouse, the players. It's about guys holding each other accountable. I was listening to uh, Bob Myers. He was doing an interview a couple of days ago, and he talked about before the Warriors went to Sacramento for Game 7, Steph Curry never talks to the team. Draymond is usually that guy. He He's the one that gets everyone fired up and, and speaks to the team. And Steph spoke to the team that day, and he told them, do not – they ride the bus up to Sacramento because it's close – if you don't check your ego, do not get on this bus. And he was talking to some guys specifically. And that's what leadership is. It is calling out your teammates. It is making sure that everyone is on the same page. It is making sure that we are all bought in at the same time together. No one outside of that clubhouse, outside of that locker room, can fix what's going on other than those players. Ali Marmol can't. Uh, Mosella can't. Bill DeWitt can't. Nolan Arenado can Paul Goldschmidt can, Adam Wainwright can when he gets back. Those are the people that have to fix it. No one else. You know who else is a leader is the Cardinals manager, Ali Marmol. So does he think that anybody's feeling sorry for them right now in this kind of hole that they dug themselves in? Got to make that happen. No one's feeling sorry for us right now. Okay, the the league loves watching us fail because we're good every year. Um, so there's not a team out there that that's sitting back and, and feeling sorry for us. Uh, no one's going to hand us anything, and we're just going to have to d- dig deep and prove everybody wrong. And uh, we're up for the task. 
No I'm, one is going to hand us anything, but we'll we're happy to hand them stuff. I I I want to I want to say this because like I said, I I am we're getting a lot of texts from the text line. Marmal is the answer. He's the problem. He need to get rid of him. No, he is not. I understand the 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 fundamentals have have deteriorated somewhat. These are professional baseball players. It is literally your job to perform well. That's how you get paid. You don't get paid well for spring training. You don't get paid well because you 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 do well in the offseason when you're training and warming up and you're staying in St. Louis for an extra couple of months to stretch out or whatever. That's not why you get paid. You get paid to perform at Bush Stadium and on the road when you travel out of town. That's your job. That's your one and only job. And that's how you put money in your pocket and feed your family and if those players aren't performing well it doesn't matter who's managing them well last year the phillies were 22 and 29 and they fired joe girardi and they put rob thompson in place they cleaned things up defensively and they wound up going to the world series they wound up winning 87 games this has happened numerous times it happened with the 03 marlins who were terrible and they, they fired jeff torborg and they they brought in uh uh, uh, Jack McKeon. There's a reason the managers get fired. They aren't all the same. And some managers have the ability, a greater ability, to maximize the talent. Whitey Herzog had the amazing ability to get talent to be better than everybody thought it was. And right now, I would suggest that the Cardinal talent, based upon what we've seen in the past, is not being maximized. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Some of the great managers that you have seen and been around, would you also say that they're great tacticians? In baseball, yes. In football, I don't think that, like, Dick Vermeil was not a great tactician, just a spectacular leader. But in baseball, yes, you have to be working ahead of the game. And I don't know that that is a charge that is provided to Ali Marmol. I don't know that he goes into a game and he's, we get to a fifth inning and he's thinking about the left hander that's going to be down in that bullpen and having a right handed hitter available two innings down the road. I don't know, but I just am watching the way that the games are managed. I get the the sense that the games are managed in a more reactive way than a proactive way. Mm. I just would like to, I mean, 30 games in, guys are not hitting, guys are not fielding, guys are not pitching. I don't think that that's on the manager. If I put in the lineup that you're supposed to start today and you go out in the first inning and give up four runs, how in the hell can you blame the person that's sitting on the bench? How about the person that has the ball in their hand? Well, 1980, when Ken Boyer got fired, Cardinals turned things around almost immediately under Whitey Herzog with the same Mm -hmm. players. And and this, this will never happen. We know it will never happen. But I will tell you this. That if the Cardinals would hire Joe Madden and say, you're the manager of this ball club, you're the manager of the dugout, you're the manager of the people, we aren't going to, and Joe Madden would never take the job if he were given the direction of, okay, we're going to make out the lineup for you. He just wouldn't take the job. But Joe Madden is such an exquisite teacher of the game mm-hmm. that I believe that the players that have performed in the past to the level of the baseball card, I think they would regain that level. Well, and here's another thing that, you know, we've talked about too is 
where's the identity? Even Xavier Scruggs said that when we had him on here just a little bit ago. Where's the identity with this group right now? That also hinges from the front office down. That includes front office, manager, everything of making sure that they're pushing the philosophy, the identity that they want to see from this group. And if you're sending out mixed messages, I brought this up. If you can already point to a couple of times, you said that Jordan Walker was going to stay up here. He gets sent down, right? That's a message that you didn't stand by. You also said that Paul DeYoung would be more of a utility guy during spring training. Tommy Edmund would be your shortstop. That's something that hasn't panned out, specifically, as you said. I mean, there's certain moves that you can point to where you could say there's a lot of mixed messages. And when you're an athlete, I can imagine that there's a lot of mixed messages. There's not a clear philosophy Mm -hmm. or identity. How do you know what to do? What is your plan moving forward? Great questions. All great questions. Brooke, Kerry, Randy, and that is today's Fresh Take. Our bird watch is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. I think even the birds are tired of singing about the Cardinals. Maybe not. Let's hear it. Oh, no, the birds are singing. CD, what you got on the old bird watch today? Uh, Randy, I just want to get a win. Uh, that, that's uh, a team win, a team victory, uh, a team that um, gets some hits, performs well, and gets after Shohei early. We talked about yesterday what I needed to see from Steven Matz. We didn't see it. He didn't keep the ball down in the zone. He got out and got hit early on, and then he finally settled in a little bit too little too late. Today, I just need to see a team, a full team, go out and perform. Runners in scoring position, Brooke, you said it earlier, they were 0 for 5 yesterday. You had four hits, zero up until the fifth inning. I need to see a team that wants to actually give play hard and, and I and again there's a difference between guys not trying and and guys just not performing I get it they're trying everyone's trying but this ain't a try hard sport this ain't a try hard league professional sports is not about trying hard it's about producing it is about performing and if you are unable to do so in this world sometimes people lose their jobs because of it it is what it is. And so if they are not going to perform well, it's going to be a long season and we're going to continue to watch bad play. So for me, my bird watch is I want to see energy. I want to see effort. I want to guys see guys doing their job at a professional level at which I know they are capable of doing. They have not done it on a consistent basis yet. That's what I need to see today. Bad news. Shohei Otani is going to be on the mound. And he was well-rested. He wasn't even in the lineup yesterday. Yeah. And so he's nice and well-rested. Uh, my bird watch. Oh, there we go. My bird watch is, hey, there were some boos last night inside of Bush Stadium. There early was, on. And at the end, too. But there was one moment, and this is what makes Cardinals fans so great, where they did give a standing ovation uh, for Zuniga making his Major League Baseball debut, and he did a really great job in the top of the ninth. He struck out two of the three hitters that he faced, and also, did you guys see, he fanned superstar Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to Zuniga. Hopefully this will be the start of something great. I think yesterday we were all hoping for some big 
roster shakeup moves, you know, sending some guys down, bringing some guys up, kind of like what the White Sox did. They made like 11 moves. Um, But either way, uh, Zuniga seems to be a bright spot, at least right now for the Cardinals. And my bird watch is this. I need a bird sound. Uh, Don't be looking to Memphis for help with the offense. Jordan Walker is not off to a great start there. Mason Wynn is not having a great year at Memphis so far. And the Cardinals are going to have to succeed from within at the moment. They're going to allow Jordan Walker to hit 158 at Memphis and say, oh, he's ready to come up, even though we all think that he should have been given the opportunity to work through his issues here, like the Cardinals said he would be allowed to do. But at this point, they aren't... they're going to mess with the swing a little bit, get him down to 158. Something's going to have to happen to fix him to their specifications. But I would not be looking to Memphis for offensive help at the moment. My my whole thing is, what is the point of Taylor Motter? And I know that you just say that he's just there. That's the kind of his purpose right now is they're not even using him other than being Brendan Donovan's stand-in. But... What is the purpose of him? If you're doing things strategically to be more aggressive, aggressive to getting a win, why not make a move to have somebody that you can at least bring off the bench later in a game where you are doing something a little bit more aggressive to at least try something just coming off the bench. You have Juan Yepes down there that you know he's not going to be an everyday player. You've already kind of let um, Nolan Gorman cool off a little bit. You had Wilson Contreras as your DH last night, so it shows that you are comfortable putting other guys in that situation. Why not have a Yepes or even a Lucan Baker, who's doing really good as well down in the minors, come off the bench and just give you maybe something a little pop and baker is a, a bunion-esque sort he's six seven and 260 it'd be fun just to have him and then have the team get in a fight <laughs> hey stubby clap proved that you don't need to be big that's right it's well not the fight. size of the dog in the fight it's the size of the fight in the dog there you, there go. you go we know that so yeah. maybe what we need to see is the, the mets and pete alonso get a little set two with them have Ooh. gio gallegos hop over that fence and sprint in. Those were the days. I, I do want to, because, and maybe we can come back and touch on this. I was looking some up while we were in, in break last segment, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I found the last seven switches at manager that led to the playoffs. Seven. Mm-hmm. It goes back to 1996. Mm-hmm. And so the thought that, oh, change them, we get so caught up in, well, look at what happened with Mike Yo and what happened with the Blues. There are outliers. Those are exceptions to the rule. The rule is if you stink, you're probably going to stink regardless of who's behind the play. I mean, who's who's on the bench calling calling plays and who's managing. That exception to the rule would be Rob Thompson being removed last year. I mean, being brought in last year. Those are exceptions. The rule generally, if that team is bad, it doesn't matter who's there managing them. The players have to perform better. And I don't think these players are bad. That's where I differ, I guess. They're playing yeah. bad. Right. I don't and think I, they're and bad I, either. And I think they're they can play. They're performing bad. Right. I don't think this is the the 2017 Pirates. I, I think this is a team that's very capable of succeeding at a higher level than than 10 and 20. And they just haven't done it. And uh, I've said it before, I don't, I don't know about Ollie because the team did win 93 games last year. But And who was the manager? And he was the manager last year. But the fact of the matter is, is that especially lately, 
we're seeing a slow but steady decline in this team's ability to perform at a fundamental level that allows you to win games and, and not lose games. They, the, my trouble with the Cardinals right now is that they're losing games. What did your two best players do last year? Yeah, they were first and third in the MVP. Okay. So if your players perform and they are first and third in the MVP race, you're probably going to win 90-plus games. If they aren't hitting or performing well – it's the same manager. Your players have to, your superstars have to be superstars. That's the end of it. If they're not, you're going to struggle. Well, I I would argue that the other 24 guys on the roster need to perform too. They do. They definitely do as yeah. well. But if those two guys don't, forget about yeah. it. The fight is coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, Average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley. And it is time for the fight, and someone just tried to come in. That Who was, was that? That was Randy. He forgot it was the he, I thought he, he was about was to like fight. jump in here. Uh, our fighter today is Mike. Mike, how are you doing? All doing pretty good. How you guys doing? We are fired up over here, if you can't tell. We're, we're extremely excited about what's taking place, and, you know, just having a great day. I'll tell you what, fire me up. Bring Wayno, get Schilt back. Let's oh. let's start winning. All right. Well, there. I, I, hey, we'll, at least you'll have Wayno back we, here. Wayno will be back. <laughs> All right. Here we go, well, Mike. You ready? You ready? Absolutely. All right. Here we go. Which former Cardinal was the eighth and last Major League Baseball player to join the three hundred three hundred club, stealing his three hundredth bag at Bush Stadium while playing for the Redbirds? Was it Reggie Sanders, Eric Davis, or Carlos Beltran? That would be Reggie Sanders. Across the Cardinals' last four World Series appearances, who is the only Cardinals starting pitcher to post double-digit strikeouts? Is it Adam Wainwright, Chris Carpenter, or Jeff Weaver? That is in a single game. My apologies. Oh, in a single. Po- yeah, so, uh, double-digit strikeouts in a single game. In a single game. Let me put that on there. I would go with Adam Wainwright. All right, last night, Joe Pavelski became the oldest player in Stanley Cup history to score four goals in a game. Which original six-era star did he pass for the record? Was it Gordie Howe, Maurice Rocket Richard, or Bobby Hall? Uh, Bobby Hall. Who is the only player in National League history to lead the league in stolen bases more than Lou Brock's eight times with 10? Is it Max Carey, Louis Aprecio, or Maury Willis? That one I do not know. Uh, could you uh, repeat the options? Max Carey, Louis Aprecio, Maury Willis. Uh, we'll go with Max. All right, we'll double check the score and bring in Randy Carricker. All right, Mike, how you feeling? Um, <laughs> not that great, but <laughs> hey, I'm here. Are you you a baseball fan? Is that your, your trivia uh, spot that you want to get to, your sweet spot? Uh, baseball, hockey. I mean, I enjoy it all. All right. Well, you got baseball and hockey on there, so we'll see how it goes. Randy, say hello to Mike. Mike, good morning. How you doing? 
Uh, I'm not too bad. Just got off work. How you doing? I'm doing well. What do you do that you cause you to work overnight? Well, I work for Cottonelle Tire over in Mount Vernon. Oh, okay, great. Very nice. Awesome. Thank you very much for listening, and thanks for playing this morning. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. Which former Cardinal was the eighth and last Major League Baseball to join the 300-300 club by still, after stealing his 300 bag at Bush Stadium while playing for the Redbirds? 300-300. I'm going to go with... Uh... I think Carlos Beltran is the only one that comes to mind that would have been a Redbird that uh, was 300-300. So I will go with Carlos Beltran. Across the Cardinals' last four World Series appearances, who is the only Cardinals starting pitcher to post double-digit strikeouts in a single game? Hmm. Uh, I got to uh, play the chalk here. And go with Carp Carpenter. I would think probably in that complete game against Philadelphia, may have gotten to ten. So I'll go with Chris Carpenter in the yes. World Series. Oh, World Series appearances. Okay, uh, I, I'll probably in the last four. So you've got thirteen, you've got eleven, you've got six, and you've got four. Those. Um, hmm. Okay, so I'm not going to go with... Eh. I'll do the lifeline. Just I I think I know, but I'll do the lifeline. Adam Wainwright, Chris Carpenter, or Jeff Weaver? Okay, so the odds would be against Waino, although he did have the 13 appearance. Uh, Six, he was in the bullpen. Four, he wasn't here. And then 11, he was hurt. So I don't know if he had... Carpenter, I don't think Weaver did. I'll still go Carpenter. All right, last night, Joe Pavelski became the oldest player in Stanley Cup playoff history to score four goals in a game. Which original six-era star did he pass for the record? Four goals in a game in the original six. I will, again, go the chalk, and I will go with Rocket Richard of the Montreal Canadiens. He scored a lot of goals and played in a lot of playoffs. Hmm. <laughs> Who is the only player in National League history to lead the league in stolen bases more than Lou Brock's eight times with 10? So this is in modern baseball history, so 1900 forward? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if... This is Major League or National League? National League. Okay. It would seem like Maury Wills would have... Well, yeah, I'll go Ty, Ty Cobb. I'll go Ty Cobb. We have a tie in today's fight with two right apiece, so we go to our tiebreaker. The rules here, I read out the question. We have Randy write down his answer. We will then have our caller, Mike, audibly give out his answer. We will then read out what Randy wrote down for his answer, and whoever is closest to the pin is the winner of today's fight. Mike, do you understand those rules? Absolutely. All right, Randy, do you have your pad of paper? Are you ready? I'm ready. Across his 19-year career, again, where he led the NL in stolen bases eight different times, how many bases did Lou Brock steal? How many bases did the base burglar burglar burgle in his career? 19-year career, how many bases did Lou Brock steal? Randy Carriker mm. has his guess. Mike, what um, is your guess, sir? 625. 
My guess, 625. Randy Carricker, what is your guess, sir? Total guess, 938. We have a winner of today's fight. Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Oh, here. Oh, sorry. Someone didn't like it. Oh, no. Randy. Wrong, no. wrong thing. Wrong thing. My uh, pilot error there. Someone didn't love you. <laughs> Still pilot error. Twice in a row, man. That's harsh. Oh, man. Okay, I'm just Randy, that's a, that's a mean one for the caller. Mike, I'm sorry it you're having to live through this. Yeah, it, it was it, such it, a, it was such win, a good fight. There it is. Yeah, just win, baby. <laughs> Mike, I'm sorry. Randy Carricker knows his base burglar trivia because apparently he got that one right on the nose. Lou Brock, in fact, did steal Randy how many bases? 938 was my guess. Was his guess. Guess. It was, in fact, uh, right on across his 19-year <laughs> career. Let's go through the rest of those questions. It is, in fact, Carlos Beltran, the last former Car- the former Cardinal who was the eighth and last player to join the 300-300 club. Randy, he's not the only former Cardinal outfielder. Reggie Sanders did it, but he did it both with home runs and steals with the Royals in 2006 uh-huh, after okay. he left the Cardinals. He was the fifth player ever to do it. Across the Cardinals' last four World Series appearances, the only Cardinal starting pitcher to pose a double-digit strikeout game is Adam Wainwright in the 2013 World Series mm. in a loss to the Boston Red Sox. I believe it was Game Five, the three two to one loss to the Boston Red Sox, or three to one loss to the Boston Red Sox. Um, that was here at the ballpark, and that was uh, same. Uh, the reason that I didn't get it is because I was working over at the Dome. The Rams were playing the Seahawks. Oh, oh that's wow! That's... A fade to Brian Quick at the end of the game. Remember, Kerry? Mm, I do. I do. <laughs> Last night, Joe Pavelski became the oldest player in Stanley Cup history to score four goals in a game, passing up Maurice Rocket Richard, and the only player in NL history to lead the league in stolen bases more time than Lou Brock's eight times with ten across the late 19-teens and the 20s. Max Carey with the Pittsburgh Pirates oh, yeah, led the... the NL ten separate times. Max, it was a 2-2 tie, but Mike. Randy hit it right. Mike, excuse me, Mike. Right, on, right on the number in the tiebreakers. So thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Mike. Have a great, great day. Hey, coming up here on 101 ESPN, the Cardinals and Blues would like you to have the opportunity to decide whether or not we're going to have sports gambling in Missouri. That is coming your way next. We're going to talk to Blues executive Steve Chapman about that next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, the opening drive on 101 ESPN. There are five states that border Missouri that have legalized gambling, that are benefiting from the revenue generated from legalized gambling. And those states, in many instances, are benefiting from residents of the state of Missouri crossing the border, like they do here to Illinois or on the other side of the state to Kansas, so that they can take advantage of legalized sports gambling in our country. Most states now have uh, gone that direction, and the teams in our state would like to have the legislature approve gambling as well. And we go now to the Celebrity Line, and the Blues Chief Revenue and Marketing Officer, Steve Chapman, joins us here on 101 ESPN. Chappie, always good to have you with us. Thanks for your time this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Randy. Great to hear your voice and enjoy listening to you guys every morning. Really do. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's start with this. Uh, uh, What's the frustration level with the Blues? And I know you're very close with the Cardinals and with with City SC. What's your frustration level right now with the Missouri legislature in not approving legalized sports gambling? 
Well, on a scale of one to ten, and 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 I'll, I'll, it's really our frustration is getting it to a vote, which we believe will get it approved. But you know, on a scale of one to ten, I'd give it a twelve. Like it's been unbelievably frustrating um, to to try to work this through, especially when you know that it has the support to pass, but it's being stopped by you know outside interests that are trying to attach other elements to the bill that really they're they're just not really connected to sports gambling whatsoever. Hey Steve, how important is sports gambling in Missouri and how would it affect how would it affect the uh, the Blues and the Cardinals? Well, Kerry, here's what's interesting. Like for for the Blues and the Cardinals, look, are there sponsorship dollars available from, you know, from the different betting entities that are out there? Of course there are. And and you know, a couple of million dollars in, in the great realm of things. It's certainly something that helps us all keep competitive on, on a national landscape, but in reality, the, the money that is, it is being lost is, is, as Randy was stating, is to the state. Uh, money is just pouring across our borders into Illinois, into Kansas, into Iowa, into Nebraska, into Arkansas. Um, because, the, you know, our, our residents have to cross state lines or bet illegally in order to be able to wager on sports gambling. So it's really a matter just of business common sense of, it's. I think we're nearing 40 states. What did you say just earlier, Randy? Like 30 something states that have uh, that right. have. I think already... it's up to 37. Yeah, 37. So we're nearing 40 states. Why are we last in this? <laughs> and it's a. It's a. It's a, it's something that our fans want. We hear it constantly from fans of the ability to be able to uh, to place a wager. They ask us about it all the time. We believe that the votes are there. We just there just needs to be. Um, some public pressure from folks that uh, to to get the legislative process moving here. What have you heard as to what the holdup is on their end of why they don't think that this is something that Missouri needs right now? Well, I don't think you'll hear anybody uh, really from all the different, you know, representatives offices and senators offices. I don't think you'll find anybody that's against sports gambling as a whole. You might find a few that fundamentally have some um, some issues with it, and, and and that's fine. But what's really holding it up is uh, is an issue around video lottery terminals, which, if you want to connect gambling with gambling, okay, um, you know, video lottery terminals are, are gambling, but it's not. You know, they're different subjects altogether, and there is a faction um, that is that is trying to move video lottery terminals forward. And I want to be clear about something. The sports teams are agnostic as to video lottery terminals. Um, that's something for the Senate to debate. That's something for other people to discuss. That's something for, you know, it, it's it's just a different subject. And unfortunately, I've learned so much about it that I could, I could sit here and argue both sides of the coin as to whether or not video lottery terminals are something that need to be, you know, legalized. There's a gray machine issue. It's a very complicated topic. It just has nothing to do with sports gambling. But What's happened is uh, there is a faction that has attached video lottery terminals to sports gambling, and and video lottery terminals actually got a vote recently as a standalone issue, and it was defeated. And, okay, so can we move on to a sports gambling vote now? Apparently we can't because we just have to keep attaching video lottery terminals to the same legislation. Steve, how much money is Missouri losing by not having sports gambling here, and and how, how could that money impact our communities if it were here? Carrie, it's a great question, and it, and it is complicated, right, because it all depends on the tax rate. And as we know, Illinois loves to tax people. But, uh, but last year, Illinois did over $100 million in tax revenue from sports gambling. 
Um, probably a very high rate compared to what Missouri would do. But even if you if you have that, I mean, it's fifty million dollars to the state that is currently going across state lines, and it's it's just it's it almost becomes asinine if you want to know the truth. Uh, Chappie, uh, one hockey question for you: How weird is it for you to not be in the playoffs? That's uh, really weird. You know, um, this is a great playoffs, by the way. If anybody's been watching, Fantastic. there's so many. Oh, it's just outstanding. But, yeah, I mean, it's not where we want to be. But, uh, you know what, sometimes you have to take a step back to take a couple of steps forward, Randy. And I think, you know, we've, we've recognized that. And I have full trust. And we all do. We have full trust in Army and our, our hockey operations group to get us back to where we want to be. Hey, one, one more thing about gambling, too, because there's a couple of weeks left in the legislature. We don't know if the guy, the, the Denny Holter from Warrensburg, is going to feel the heat to have it turned up so that the legislature will do what I perceive to be the right thing. But if it would go to a public vote, would that would we have to wait till next November for that? Yeah, we probably would just due to the process, to be honest. And, you know, that's really it's gotten to a point now where we're just trying to get the message out there about what's going on. Um, That would be a long and arduous process. It would take a while to do. Um, Is it possible, Randy? Yes, but it's just going to take more and more time. And that's just more and more time of of state money going across our borders. So ultimately, it's incumbent upon the people that we voted into office in Jefferson City to do, at least financially, what is the right thing. Correct. Well, you know what, Randy, just get it to a vote. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if the if the if the legislation decides that, that it's it's not a good thing for the state of Missouri, you know what? I guess we'll live with whatever the answer is. But I think what's frustrating right now is we've made the case, we've done the, the homework, we've we've watched other states do this successfully, we've tried to learn from what other states did and would change if they could. And so, you know, one of the good things about being last to the table is that you get to see how everybody else did it well or didn't do it well. So I think we have the bones of solid legislation. Our frustration is just the ability to just get a vote to, you know, to take place. Absolutely. Steve Chapman, always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks for listening to the show, too. We really do appreciate that. I appreciate you guys. You guys do a great job. Thank you. Take care. Steve Chapman, he is the Executive Vice President, Chief Revenue and Marketing Officer of your St. Louis Blues. Coming up here, we've got the Rush Hour Reset. Kerry's got pretty strong feelings about how the Cardinals, uh, it's the players. And that's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. I just want to be proven wrong and the fans proven wrong just once. We haven't been in the last decade. The Randy A, the hanging on to Matheny too long, the not going out and getting soda, to not getting a starting pitcher this year, which was obvious that we needed one. Just prove us wrong just once. And by the way, bet Arenado in front of Goldie for a little while. Yeah, it would be Nolan Arenado. Chris, thank you very much for the mic drop. We do appreciate it here on 101 ESPN. Uh, yeah, the, the Cardinals are scuffling. I would not suggest that they've... Well, here's the thing. If the Cardinals have gotten it wrong over the last decade, who has gotten it right? 
if the, oh well, that's a good. I mean, I think Atlanta's gotten it pretty right. They won a world they championship. Won the Dodgers. Yeah. Dodgers won Houston a COVID Astros world championship. Have, have Houston. Although I think that might be if, if that's the way you wanted to. They had do it. some it, help. I, had I think a lot of help. people. I, the I, last I, one they didn't have help. Though. That was a. a and, yeah, last uh, year was good. Yeah, no asterisks that attached. we know of. Yeah. Or exactly. did they get more Thank creative? You, <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm going to continue the conspiracy. <laughs> Nothing so. they ever do will ever be fair. It's always going to be tainted. So last night, the Cardinals, for the 10th time this season, and that's why we have this machine, and that's why we have this song, for the 10th time this season, they play the opener of a series. The number of the day rhymes with pen and pen. The number of the day is 10. Hey, you know what? You can talk about how bad the Cardinals have been. You can talk about how they haven't gotten it right for a decade. I'm going to tell you this. The Cardinals are perfect. Perfect. I I won't say perfect. 100%. No, 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 no. They got some work to do, but that work, as we talked about before, it starts with the players. Carrie. Let me just ask you one question. Okay. You have 10 opportunities to do something, and you do it 10 <laughs> times. You're per- uh, uh, that's perfect. It's perfectly terrible. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, not great. <laughs> there you go. It, it starts with the players. And, and this notion, we get, we're getting a lot of texts from texters. CD is wrong. It's, it's the manager. The notion that this is a movie or that this is Hank Strom saying, we got to matriculate the ball down the field. Newt Rockney, win one for the Gipper. If you assume that 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 Ali Marmal is standing on a soapbox 162 times, screaming charges and leading the troops into 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 a, a, a game every single day, and they're storming out of the clubhouse, taking the field, they're going to try. You're nuts. That's not what happens. They, speaking of the managers, the coaches, put together a game plan. The players then read such game plan, read the report, understand who they're facing, understand they got cards, they look at the lineup and see who's at bat, how do we need to align versus this person, and they go out there and they do their job. It's on the players to perform when they are given all of that information, and now it is your job to go out there and see a curveball, hit a curveball. Okay, so see a fastball, hit a fastball. I'm going to play devil's advocate here then. Under what circumstances should a manager or coach ever be fired? He should be fired if there is a, a period of years or year. It can be one year, but 30 games? 30 games? And you're telling me after 30 games, oh, we got to move. We're going to look at. There have been seven switches. I, I'm looking at it right here, right here on ML, MLB.com since October, written in October of 2022. Seven that have led to a playoff berth. And because the Cardinals. I mean, because the Blues were one of them in hockey, oh, change. And because the Phillies did it last year and they went to the world, so change. How about your superstars hit? How about your gold glove infielders field? How about your 40 million pitchers pitch? And then if all of that is going well and you have managerial issues in in terms of not doing the right thing with substitutions, bringing guys out, bringing guys in, then you can look at the managers and say, hey, this is wrong. But until then, until the players are doing their part, it does not matter who is sitting behind on the bench behind that gate watching and calling his doing his thing. I think that it can be a combination of a lot of things. I do agree that it's way too soon to do anything like firing somebody from the coaching staff or even the managers. But what does this team lack right now? And I think we can all agree on this identity. 
where does the identity of the team, the season, come from? It comes from the top down. That's something that comes from front office of this is the roster we have compiled. This is what we know that they're capable of doing. And then it also comes from the manager as well of compiling these lineups every single day. And spreading that message, I guess, is the best way to put it. Because, okay, think about this in like a work setting, I guess, is the way that I'm looking at it in some ways. You're in a work setting. You have a manager that hired people, things like that. It's up to the manager, right, to kind of delegate the feeling and get the most out of his employees. You you brought those employees in because you knew what they are capable of. Are If they're not doing, or if they're failing and they're performing below expectations, they all are, then who does that come back on? Because it was you that brought them in, and it's your job as the manager. And I'm He not, didn't bring them in. Well, that's why I'm saying it from front office. office I'm saying that from front office down, because the manager's also going to buy into what the front office is helping them build, right? Yeah. Right. And so, if if you if you're an employee and everybody is underperforming, do you have a manager that's going to blame individuals, say everything like that, or does it come back to you as a manager of I'm not doing what I should be doing to get the most out of my employees at this moment? Because we've all been there, right? We've all had bad managers, yeah, bad coaches, where it's like, hey, buddy, maybe look in the mirror a little bit, and you got to get the best out of what you have. In front of you. I think the 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 manager aspect of it is the clear and concise message every single day. So coming to the ballpark and not knowing if you're going to be playing or in the lineup, yeah, that mm-hmm. could be looked at as front office managerial. Those are issues there. But if you are in the lineup and you're playing every single day and you know I'm going to be at third base, I'm going to be at first base, I'm going to be in center field, for, I'm going to be in right. If you know that I'm playing today and you still don't perform well enough, how in the hell can I put that? How can I put that on the manager when a fly ball is dropped in the outfield? How can I put that on the manager when the when the second baseman boots a ball and now my my ace, who is Jordan Montgomery, doesn't get a clean inning and he has to get out of the game with a runner on base? How can I blame a person that is sitting down watching the game like you and I are on TV? He's watching. He ain't playing. He's not he don't have nothing to do with any of the things that are going on on the field in real time. But who's constructing the game plan? And who is also where the with the fundamentals, the lack of the drop in fundamentals, where is that coming from? Is the players not having the ability to do so? Or is that because there's just there's something that is changing within the culture of whatever that leadership is on executing those fundamentals? Because we've seen issues with base running, errors, all that different kind of stuff like you're saying. It doesn't make any sense because we've seen those players. They have the capability of doing so. But for some reason, something has changed early on in this season. Here's a mic drop from Roe on 101 ESPN. This is a hard team to watch. Um but I, I just wanted to say that I feel like the front office man is getting a lot of heat um, unnecessarily. And, and I say that as a guy who, who usually holds them, holds them accountable and, and, and wants them to do more. And I still think that they could have done more, right? I'm not saying that. Like you think, okay, we got a decent, decent uh, rotation. We got a lot of boppers in our lineup. I think that they were right to have confidence in this group. And we all were too. We all thought that this team was going to be good. And if these guys just hit their career norms – Everything will be fine. But but now because the players are underperforming and underachieving, we want to blame the front office and say, well, they didn't get the right guys in here. We thought these were the right guys, and if these guys just did what they normally do, everything would be fine. Plain and that's, simple. Yeah, that's what you'd like to have is uh, the players be maximized to what their careers 
uh, numbers would indicate they would do. So just a quick thing, too. There also has been a couple of games here recently where I get that we're getting Dylan Carlson some more at-bats, so we're seeing him more. But there's been some late some late parts of the game where you could instead have Nolan Gorman or Alec Burleson come off the bench to pinch hit, and instead you're keeping Dylan Carlson in, who, by the way, his OPS is like down to, what is it, like 590 mm-hmm. right now? I, I love our texters. I love that they text in. They, CD, don't you remember the playoff when Ryan Helsley, when Ryan Helsley finger was hurt and he didn't mm-hmm. express that to the organization and he went out there and blew up in an inning? That's that's clearly Ollie's fault for, for putting him in the game. Your closer in that moment now. Should he have left him in there as long as he did? Now, he probably should have got somebody up and going. But if your closer is going in to close the game and you don't know that his finger is still hurt because he's a tough guy, he's going to fight through adversity and play because that's what we as athletes do. We fight through pain, adversity, and it just didn't go the way in which he wanted it to. It is at the end of the day. It's on the players. I got one text from the – I want to say one text from the 314, and this hits the nail on the head. They're just not playing a 200-foot game. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all it that's is. That's true. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> since 1995, the Cardinals have only made one in-season managerial change, apples to apples. Uh, Matheny was 47 and 46 when he got fired. Schilt took over. He went 41 and 28. So Matheny was a game over. And then uh, Schilt went 13 over with the, the same group of players. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, before we get to Adam Wainwright at the bottom of the hour, we've got Rock and Roll. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. All right. Hey, you want to win some? T- I'm, I'm going to change this to. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on my, and I'm going to let you grade me A, B, C, D. Let's see. Okay. All right, okay. I want to hear. All right, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Here we I'm go. Not, we're we're not going about the, We're not going to do the accents yes. more, are we? Yes. yes. Okay. And don't feel bad, by the way. Okay. I'm, I'm used to F's, so don't feel bad. <laughs> okay, so here we go. <laughs> 101 ESPN has your chance to score free tickets to see Thomas Rhett with special guest Cole Swindell on Saturday, May 20th at Enterprise Center. Tickets on sale now, or you can text in to win Thomas Rhett tickets at 314-399-9646. You can also register to win free tickets at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 mobile app under the contest page. But all you need to do now is answer a question from Matthew Rocchio. At 314-399-9646. That would be 314-399-YO-HO-HO. should get Thomas Rhett tickets. Oh, you wrote me in this. ABCDF. I'm going to give you a C. It started out strong and then kind of It it tailed off a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a C as well. Okay. I did like register. I did like that. That Register. You got the fours right. When you said the fours, that was very Southern. Okay. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to get better. I'm going to try to get up to a B. Okay. Matthew, I'm not, I'm not going to be here when the guy shows up from Knobloch to beat you up. <laughs> Thomas Red. No! Thomas Red concert oh, tickets. Swindale. Here is your trivia question. This is going to be your texture number 50. 
What was the result of our next guest's first ever Major League at Bat? What was the result of Ma- Adam Wainwright's first ever career Major League at Bat? Texture number 50 will get the tickets to the Thomas Rhett concert. Texture number 50 to 314 399 9646. There you go. That was good. That was good at the end. There. Nine, yeah. six, four, six. Four, six, four. four. All right, yeah. Matthew, what do you got for us? I want to dive right back in really quickly to our Cardinals discussion because Dave left us a mic drop, and honestly, we do not get enough people on the mic drops just telling us that we're wrong and we don't know what we're talking about. Like it. And, and so, and Please, so I wanted to get our thoughts here on Dave because maybe he's right. You guys are absolutely, positively wrong. Last year, this team generated their energy by Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina's last year. This year, there's no energy. You talked about it. Unenthusiastic, boring, terrible baseball. And it's because their manager doesn't play aggressive in any way, shape, or form. They just sit back. They get on first base. They stick their thumbs up their you-know-what, and they lament about how they've, they've hit into bad luck double plays. Yeah, if you're standing on second, you don't have to. Hmm. Why are we wrong? Intriguing. I don't know what we're wrong about. You guys are wrong about the reason why this team it doesn't have any fire in them. Because it's because there's no there's no Yachty, there's well, no Pujols. They should have not allowed those guys to retire. It's about money. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you paid them another, you, you are staying. <laughs> that's not that's the mistake we're not talking about, guys. Yep. That's it. Yep. Wow, that's a big miss. Not because here's the one back. thing. The one thing he was talking about. We've talked about them not running and and we've talked about if you look at the the rules right now runs are up averages up stolen bases are up and the cardinals have taken advantage of none of that so far i don't think we've necessarily been silent on the fact that they're not stealing and they have a fairly athletic team they are not hitting at the same time that they are pitching they are not pitching at the same time that they are hitting they're not fielding well it's just all things are coming together at the wrong time all the wrong things are coming together. Bad teams are inconsistent. Mm-hmm. That's I disagree there. That's that's what all bad teams are. They're inconsistent. They well, are. Well, unless you want to come at it from the fact well, that they're extremely consistent, they can't win a opening series no. game. Well, yeah. that. You Randy? know, right now the Cardinals get a good old bless your heart. Bless your <laughs> You're trying your best, but bless your heart. That's a Southern way of saying it's not not good, but bless your heart. That's not what I was told it was a Southern saying for. (laughs) (laughs) We are on the air, so we'll just roll with it. I wanted to get to this piece of audio because it's the NFL draft, and really the last few drafts, you look at the NBA and stuff like that, it's been an incredible story of fathers and sons involved in the sport who are then ushering their sons into it. And I don't want to focus on the awesome story in Dallas because – I'm not going to talk about the good things Jerry Jones did. So we're going to go to Pittsburgh, where our boy... because Jerry Jones has never done anything good. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, I, he helped get a couple of young ladies in Dallas through college. Yeah. So. Oh, that's so nice. That's, that's, that is very true. I, kind I, of I guess I shouldn't look into that story. Yeah, I'll just Google Jerry Jones hookers and see what happens. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It'll show up for you. Is that like a requirement no. to be an NFL owner? Uh, probably Boss. not. Oh, okay. Nah. I don't know. That or a U.S. Senator. Um, no. <laughs> Joey Porter Jr. fell in the draft out of the first round, but he went to the Steelers with the first pick in the second round. Of course, Carrie's former teammate, Joey Porter Sr., they got this beautiful piece of audio with him talking to his son after the first round. It ended about kind of what they're building towards and how to get over this disappointment for him. They want to see a pissed off football player. Now they got one. You see what I'm saying? So now, follow me when I say, well, when I say, when I be giving you little nuggets about what we got to do and how we got to work, just follow me. 
Because this is gonna be part of the whole operation now. Because you know where you're supposed to win and all that. We ain't got control over it. That's why I'm trying to prepare you for anything. Because I already know anything can happen. I know how to drive stuff. But what I'm telling you is, now you've been motivated to another level. Because we got some proof. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, 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 and take it personal, as you should. I love every piece of that. I'm not surprised by it, knowing the stories you've told me about Joey Porter Sr., but I love every word he said right there. You talk about a leader in a locker room. We call him Peasy. Joey Porter is a leader amongst men. He's going to speak his mind. He's going to tell you what needs to be done. And the fact that his son got drafted by you know his former team uh, is a special moment. But that moment there, I'm, I can just imagine. I got a son, and I try to prepare him for things. Things not always going to go your way, especially when it comes to sports. And he probably told him time and time again, we don't know what's going to happen, but everything that happens happens for a reason. You got to stay locked in, stay dialed in, and – when you're an athlete, all you need is one thing, just one, to have a chip on your shoulder. This is the chip. This is the one thing that he can look to his entire career and look at every other cornerback that was drafted ahead of him and say, yeah, I'm going to have a better career than all of you all because I should have been the first one taken. Or I should have been in the first round. And so that for him and hopefully for the Steelers, it works out really well. And he really could not be in a better situation with that coaching staff. And that yep. Mike Tomlin's background is in DB coaching. Mm-hmm. So I would think that uh, as with, obviously, Joey Porter Jr. has a knowledge of the Steelers' oh. culture and how it works. <laughs> been, there, yeah. been there a time or two. Yeah, so I don't see how this cannot work yeah. for them. Yeah. I read a scouting report that said Joey Porter Jr. is like if Joey Porter play, it, it plays cornerback like if his dad played cornerback. And I was like, okay. I feel like that's going to get him penalized, but also I want to watch that kind of cornerback play in this league. Violent, physical, you want guys like that. You, you, If you are a, uh, a defensive back and you like to hit people, you could probably play for a little while. Uh, I would say so. Yep. <laughs> say so. Yep. Carrie, last night, I had to talk about it. Me and you both stayed up a little late watching some NBA games because the Golden State Warriors fell to the Los Angeles Lakers. Listen, I've talked an unbelievable, irredeemable amount of smack about the Lakers. Uh, Randy talks a lot about street clothes. We had another big game last night. There's, this show is not very Lakers positive, and I'm starting to get a little w- worried. Carrie, are you getting a little bit worried as a Warriors fan in this series? Nah, it's one game. Laker, uh, Lakers will lose, and the Warriors will win in six. Warriors and six. I gotta write yep, that down. Write that Hold down. On a second. Write it down. So they're gonna win it on the the crypt court. Yep. The okay. fact that they change it to cryptocurrency, whatever it is. What is that called? What is it? Uh, Not the yeah, Staples Center. The... the crypto arena. Crypto center. Something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, oh my crypto. god. Crypto.com. Crypto. Yeah, it is crypto.com. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Win it on the and and this Lakers team they cannot hold up for. 48 minutes a night playing that way. They were gassed. Yeah, yeah. And I would not. And and I looked at the schedule. They play every other day. So, good, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Matthew. I hope you're right. Thank you, Randy. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, the Calvary is coming. Wayno is going to be back before you know it. Maybe that'll change the Cardinal fortunes. Wayno will join us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the Opening Drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi electric diamond contractor. Waiting 
a call from Adam Wainwright here on 101 ESPN. Just taking a look, guys. Uh, do you know how the 2006 Cardinal season ended? No, do tell. Uh, Adam Wainwright. Well, I know how it ended. Yeah, I thought you meant Brandon the regular season. Inge to win the World Series. Well, I know the ending of it. I thought you meant yeah. the regular season season ending. The Cardinals right now are 10 and 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Between June 2nd and July 3rd of 2006, the Cardinals went 10 and 18. Okay. So you can have a stretch during a season, which doesn't live up to your specifications, and still find a way to be a championship baseball team. When they went on that 10 and 18 game stretch, yes. 10, 10 and 18, how, mm-hmm. how, where were they at in the uh, standings prior to having that, that at slide the that they start had? start of that run, they were four, five games up in the division. Okay. At the conclusion of that run on July 3rd, they were tied for the division lead. Where where are they at now? They are 10 games out of the division lead right now. It's not great. I I really am intrigued by the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are playing great. I wonder if they're going to be right there, though, with the 1998 New York Yankees or the 2001 Seattle Mariners. I, I, I don't know if they're capable of playing that kind of ball, uh, th- they are to this point. I just, I don't know. I, I haven't seen them play enough to know if they're going to play 667 ball. I, I, I have another question. Who were the uh, the stars on that team? And, and what were their batting averages? They're, they're OPS. Uh, Albert Pujols. Okay. You know what his OPS was? Uh, pretty high. Okay. I can get it for you. Uh, Albert Pujols, Scott Rowland, who mm-hmm. injured his shoulder that year. Okay. Obviously, and mm-hmm. uh, then you also had uh, Jimmy Baseball. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Baseball. Edmonds. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was. He was really good. Now, did did, did those three perform particularly well throughout the entire? I mean, you were no. near superstars. No, Albert they, did. Albert okay. had 149 or 137 RBIs, hit 49 home runs. Roland uh, had an OPS of 887, hit 22, drove in 95. Uh, Chris Duncan came up was a key to that team. 22 homers, 43 RBIs, and. Jimmy Baseball only played in 110 games, had 19 homers, 70 runs batted in. And the Cardinals had a big guy at the top of the rotation going strong. And Chris Carpenter, he was 15-8 and eight with a 3.09. So uh, there were elements of that team that led you to believe they were capable of winning it all. Yeah, had some good players doing they, their job. Really, really good players. Yeah. 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 As a matter of fact, you had a couple of Hall of Famers, right? Yeah. You did. Uh, we go now to the Celebrity Line, and it is Wednesdays with Wayno Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. Adam, Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm sleepy, man. I'm, I'm a baseball player. <laughs> it's early for me. We are getting you up early, and number one, we can't wait to see you back on the mound. How excited are you? Uh, I can't wait. I've Man, I've feel like I've been out for three months watching teams struggle and not being able to do anything to help it. And, and uh, plus, I just love pitching. So um, uh, my body feels awesome. I can't wait to get back out there. Adam, I always say this about you. You know it. You are relentlessly positive. How does the relentlessly positive Adam Wainwright make sense of this 10-20 and 20 record? Well, it doesn't make sense. Uh, now going forward, that it's not about making sense anymore. It's about you know recovering, and so um, you know I, my message to the team yesterday was: if you look at 
if you look at the calendars through the years, there is a bad month every year. There just is, you know, and this is a, don't get me wrong, this is a bad one. But in 2019, we had, we had a stretch as bad as this, and we still won 91 games, and we still, you know, went to the NLCS. Um, I went back, I traced every year all the way back to 2006, and almost every single year you have a month similar to this. Maybe not quite like this, but there's a few that, that are. Um, that we rebounded well from. So um, my message to them is, hey, listen, this is not this is not something that we do to start a year ever. Like we've never done this to start. But there is a month similar to this in every year. So you know, if you if you embrace that and you just take this as our bad month and you're going to play great baseball going forward, then uh, that's the way to spin it. You know, that's that's the only way we can spin it right now. I mean, what else can you do, Randy? You know, so. Um, we're not giving up, and uh, we're going to keep battling, and, and hopefully we come out of this thing, man. You know that's just the that's just the truth of it. It's been a, we've put ourselves in a hole. You know we've put ourselves in a hole, and now we just have to build ourselves out of it. Adam, was there a little bit of a level of frustration for you just knowing how 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 much the team was struggling and you not being able to be here to help out, whether it was with words or or with your play? Yeah, and you know the. Sometimes the role as a as a veteran player, uh, especially father time like me in this game, um, sometimes the role is is as much in the clubhouse as it is on the field, you know. And and uh, it, it was hard for me. They've been on the road so much that first month, you know. It was hard for me on those two long road trips to not be there to to help pick guys up and you know give somebody a hug when they need it or you know, smack somebody on the tail and tell them to get after it, you know, when they needed it. And, and uh, I just wasn't able to, I was here, you know, I was, I was getting better. I was getting uh, healthier and getting stronger and doing all the things I need to do. But I, you know, I wasn't able to help the dudes out at all, you know, except from afar. And that's, you know, how it is, Carrie. It was, if you're, if you're not there with them, you know, sometimes the, you can't give the same sort of talk. You're not, and you can't feel the clubhouse to really know what's going on. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's just been frustrating for me, you know, not being there and, and watching our team struggle. Cause we're at this, this great organization, we just have had so few months like that, you know, um, especially to start. It's a, it's a, it's a bad start for us. We have not started like that since I've been here, but, but we have, like I said, we have had months. Um, like that, and we've rebounded. So the history is there. We just gotta, we just gotta believe we can do it. Well, tonight your team will be facing. I would think it would be safe to say a once in a generation type talent in Shohei Otani. Have you admired just his game and the way that he goes about it? And also, do you get jealous sometimes that you wish you could go back out there and maybe hit a little bit like Shohei does? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally jealous and totally admire him. Um, He's doing what my dream was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just to to be that both ways type of player that can go. You know, you're you're in football. You play off at the defense. You're kind of one of the studs out there in high school, and and um, and watching Deion Sanders play football and baseball growing up, and Bo Jackson doing that, and then you, you know, thinking, you know, I was thinking when I was growing up, thinking, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to hit and pitch. I'm gonna do this thing, and and it's just harder, you know, than than you think. When 
especially when you get into the minor leagues and you don't hit. You know, you don't. You're not given the chance to hit for three years. Then all of a sudden, they're like, "All right, go hit." You know, and um, you've got three, four years off of doing that, and then you only hit. You only really take. You only take it swings off of big league pitching once out of every five or six days. That's tough. That's tough, man. And the pitching's never been better than it is right now. The stuff is harder, nastier, breaking more. The relievers are all throwing a hundred. You know, it's just really, really tough. Shoot, some of the starters are too. So it's just harder than ever. So to see what he's doing at the level he's doing it, I don't know if anyone could ever talk me out of thinking that he's the most valuable player in baseball right now. I just don't understand how anyone could be more when he's pitching at an elite level and he's hitting at an elite level. That is just, uh, it's remarkable. It really is. As a veteran pitcher, do you ever kind of like go to the hitters and say like maybe what you kind of see with him or like a pitcher like him and maybe some advice? Do I give advice to Shohei? Is that what you're asking? Oh, no, just to the Cardinals hitters. Based off of Shohei? Yeah. (laughs) No, 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 no. Everybody has, everybody is their own person, but everybody has their own skill set and everybody, you know, you just have to be the best at what you do. Now you can't try to be Shohei Otani. I mean, he's the fastest guy on the field, throws the hardest on the field, you know, hits the ball the farthest on the field and the hardest on the field. I mean, you just can't try to replicate that. You just have to be the best version of you. Hey, Adam, most of the guys that make it to the major leagues were the best guy on their team. They pitched and played shortstop or center field, right? Did you ever play with a guy or play against a guy, other than Shohei, obviously, that you thought, okay, if this guy would have been given an opportunity to hit at the minor league level, or if they would have had him be a pitcher at the minor league level, he could have done both. Did you ever have that uber-talented teammate or, or opponent? Yeah, a couple guys through the years. I mean, uh, if you remember Adam LaRoche, Adam was a was an excellent pitcher um, all the way through college and uh, actually all the way up until probably AAA. And even I know they did him a couple of times in the ba- in the ma- in, in the major leagues for him early on in his career. That he was throwing bullpens, you know, he was throwing bullpens, and, and they were just keeping his arm in a spot where you know he could maybe do it because he was sitting in the low 90s with a really good curveball and a good changeup left-handed, and, and he was a really good pitcher. Um, the other guy that comes to mind, uh, never played with him, only against him, was Micah Owings. And uh, Micah was a, a pitcher with the Arizona Diamondbacks and Reds a couple years. But Micah came out of the out of, out of Georgia like me at a high school, and, and he set the record for for home runs in in high school. I think he hit 20 home runs his senior year of high school, and uh, he won a he won a Silver Slugger. I mean, one year one year I hit 290 with two home runs and didn't win the Silver Slugger because Micah hit 300 with four home runs. <laughs> you know, um, as a, as a pitcher. So, uh, and he actually uh, and he. I pitched in Cincinnati one of the few times I pitched a decent game there and and uh he hit a home run a pinch hit home run off our closer Ryan Frank, our all-star closer Ryan Franklin to win the game um so uh that was kind of a bummer but Micah always I always felt like Micah was actually a better hitter than he was a pitcher he pitched for I don't know how many of your five or six years in the big leagues maybe um but uh, I really think he could have been an everyday position player for a long time he he was in an everyday hitting group for for the last year or two that he was a pitcher. I think he got Brad Thompson badly, too. 
that, that seems to be one of the ones that we gave BT trouble about was Owings hitting a and no, no disgrace when Owings hit, hits a home run off of you. Adam, when you were pitching in high school, what position did you play? Uh, outfield. You know, I played outfield. Um, my junior year, I, I tweaked my elbow a little bit. I played a lot of first base during summer ball and stuff, but uh, I love playing the outfield. I, one of the highlights of my life is we were playing against our big rivals was East Cobb, the East Cobb uh, travel team out of Atlanta. Is, you know, they go to all the national tournaments. They're one of the favorites every time. They have just a great program up there in Atlanta. And, and uh, we're playing in a big tournament in uh, Virginia, I think, and uh, line drive to center, two out, uh, one out in the ninth inning, guy on third base. We're up by one run. Line drive to center. I'd come up and dive, make the catch, get up and throw the guy out at home to end the game. And uh, I thought that was the moment I thought, you know what, I might be pretty good at this game. This is pretty fun. Adam, we know you've been uh, doing your rehab starts and, and mending and getting back to, to the healthy side of things. Uh, Cardinal fans, myself included, are looking for some good news. Do you care to share any with us about when your date is for when you'll be returning? I think it gets announced today. Um, so I don't want to take the buzz out of our our uh, manager's announcement. Okay. Well, but I, 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 think it's, I think it's coming up. I think it's coming up. Very soon. How about that? Feel free next time to share that news on the opening drive. We are all about uh, breaking news here. So next time, if <laughs> we're we don't want anything to happen to you. But if some news comes up, feel free to share it with us first. You got it. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to y'all directly. Wait, no, I just had one last question for you. All week we've been remembering the legacy of Mike Shannon. Do you have any stories that you might want to share about oh, how you're remembering Mike Shannon? Well, what I remember Mike as is more than, I mean, you know, the main word that comes to mind is storyteller. And I think he was the storyteller for many people's lives when it came to listening to the radio. He could paint that picture so well. And you knew, you know, you were sitting on the edge of your seat. I mean, a lot of times, too, our, our clubhouse um, through the years would, would, put, um, would put Shannon's broadcast on in the clubhouse. Just because so many people grew up listening to that, that was kind of, Cardinal baseball to them. And, and uh, we've been blessed over the years to have amazing voices like Danny Mack and, and now Chip and now, uh, and, and John Rooney, but Mike Shannon, I, I think everyone would agree was sort of the voice of the Cardinals for the last 50 years. And, um, certainly needs to be in the hall of fame. I don't really understand how he wasn't already in there, to be honest with you. Um, he's, uh, he's a legendary voice. He's a legendary St. Louis. And, and, and when he wasn't telling stories, on the air, he was telling stories in the clubhouse, you know, I mean, he was down there and here we are, me and red and, and Stan, and we're out and doing this. And, and, you know, when he's telling stories about being with red and Stan mutual, you're pulling up a chair, you know, you're, and here we were, me and me and, and, and Gibby and, and, and Lou and, and, and we're and like, man, I'm, I'm going to go listen to that. That's what I want to hear. You know, I want to hear those legendary stories. And he was, chock full of them man. it was uh always a pleasure to hear him telling stories and just a such a unique personality too and you, you knew when he walked in the room for a couple reasons you could smell him from coming from a mile away because he's <laughs> alone um but you, as soon as you heard that cackle <laughs> big boy you knew you knew who that was you know that was mike shannon man you, there was no mistaking him and uh we'll miss him for sure because he was a legendary 
Cardinal, obviously, but uh, the voice of the Cardinals and also a dear friend to so many. Adam Wainwright and Big League Impact are going to host Swing for Impact coming up June 11th at Top Golf in Chesterfield. By the way, if you register by tomorrow, you can be registered to win a pair of autographed Adam Wainwright cleats and a Stephen Walden print signed by Waino. Uh, what size are those cleats that I'm looking at right now? On the uh, not that I'm going to wear them, Adam. <laughs> 13, not too big, not too bad. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm a 13, too. Not, I'm, I'm still not going to wear them, but no, that's, but you're 6'7", and I'm 6'2", so it's. I figured that uh, 13 is a good size for you. So, but Swing well, for that's, Impact, that's people... That's why I'm so fast, Randy. <laughs> you, you, you can fly. Uh, swing for Impact, it was a great event last year. We had a lot of fun, and uh, you make it fun for everybody, and I know that you got a lot of teammates coming out, too. We do, and, and I'll tell you... Um, we're pulling the registration down pretty soon because it's already nearly sold out. Um, you know, very, very blessed and thankful to so many people who have who have joined in on that. But there's there may be a couple spots we'd love to have somebody um, call in and see. I mean, it's it's going to be close. Call go to bigleagueimpact.org uh, slash top golf to sign up. But um, I, I think it's uh, I think it is nearly sold out we we do have some other cool things we've been doing i've been so proud of our our players um around the league really major league baseball we've started something we call mission 318 and and uh our guys have been going around in 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 other cities and serving and and uh you know handing out baked cookies at bacon cookies at ronald mcdonald house in milwaukee and serving breakfast and playing tug of war with the kids at San Francisco. And we've had other players from the Reds, the Diamondbacks, the Yankees, the Phillies out serving kids um, in all the neighboring cities they go to. And, and I just think it's wonderful that, you know, big league impact, we, what we've, what we've might be creating is something just, just really special is that uh, it, it's not about, you know, pictures and we're not bringing media crews there. And it's not about, um, you know, calling ahead and ta- telling all the fans we're doing we're bigly impact what it is at its core is all about serving that's what it is and uh and and it doesn't matter where that is we're we're trying to we're trying to do that everywhere we go we want to do that everywhere we go and and uh the bigly impact name I, I really want it to be synonymous with serving and uh feels like it's headed that way so i'm so proud of our guys around Major League Baseball for doing that. It's really cool. And we're so proud to have you as a representative of St. Louis. Adam, last thing, and I gave the math today, and I know that you gave a message to the teammates yesterday. This is an old Tommy Lasorda one when his team would get in a little bit of a hole. If the St. Louis Cardinals pick up a game a week for the rest of the season, you'll win the division by 12 games. (laughs) Yeah, see, I love simple anecdotes like that. You know, I, I, I was trying to tell him, like, how many... You know, how many wins we need a week, you know, just out of 10, how many do we need to win to win? You know, but uh, I love pick up a game a week and you win by 12 games. That's As of today, that's what it would be. So. See, there's plenty of time, you know. That's, <laughs> yep. I mean, even if we picked up a game for the next, what, six weeks, you know, you're, you're right there in the thing. So um, I like that. I like that plan, Randy. I love that plan. I'm going to tell those guys that. And if we come back, you can take all the credit. How about that? <laughs> it's, it's because of the Adam Wainwright positivity. You, you have affected me with your, your positivity, Adam. Well, I mean, what other way that is there to live? It takes more effort to be 
to be mean to people. It takes more effort to be unhappy. It takes more effort to be uh, less optimistic. You might as well, you might as well be, you know, optimistic and, uh, and, and, and hope for the best and think the best is going to happen. Absolutely. Hey, have a great day. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Can't wait to see you back on the mound later this week. And we will talk to you next Wednesday. Sounds good. Uh, next Wednesday is an afternoon show, right? Uh, that is, I believe. Yeah. So we'll have to, we'll arrange this. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> but th- thanks uh, for the, the, the 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 early afternoon drive. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. We'll talk to you later. All right, see y'all. See ya. That's Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. We're going to head down the stretch next with uh, a little bit reaction, and then uh, get re- get you ready for a balloon party here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three, four. Tigers. Okay. I like that. Yeah. That would be uh, Montgomery's story. Give him an extra day there. Randy, you had the opportunity to show Adam Wainwright or have him hear your country voice. Oh, yeah. We'll have to work on that next week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Practice Uh, makes uh, perfect. He's Uh, a good old Georgia boy. He's the the quintessential Southern gentleman. There you go. He's going to be honest about what he thinks, though. Gonna tell you the truth, mm-hmm. like we do. We yeah. love you, but if it ain't good, it ain't good. No, but he's Adam. Never has a negative day. He never has a negative thought. That's what makes him Adam. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be like that. <laughs> I, I, I occasionally have <laughs> negative thoughts. Are we gonna put what, you in the Eeyore tent your, with your Eeyore over here? What, 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 when you have a bad day, you've been on what? a golf course with me. <laughs> I've been I've been on the fight with you. Hell, I, oh I yeah, go. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a bad day or two. Yeah, a balloon party coming up here on 101 ESPN. Celts, Jason Tatum and the Sixers. Uh, is Embiid playing or is he out tonight? He, they haven't said yet. Okay. Celts and Sixers tonight, and uh, we've got the pregame for you at 6.30 here on 101 ESPN. Great job by our producer-engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, this was great. This it was. Happy hump day. Yes. And uh, CD. Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.